All right, episode number 11. 11, salud. Salud, let's get to ching ching. I don't know if we heard I'm, that, but yeah, whatever, well, ching ching. probably a little off. Uh, how is it? Oh, this, mmm. It's called brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Where did you get, this is, what, California and Chicago? From Temecula, so it's, um... Actually, it's the same city where Dan Henderson's from. I wanted to go visit uh, Team Quest when I visited this brewery a couple no years kidding. ago. No kidding. Yeah, but like Stacey's like, we're on vacation. Who's Dan like, Henderson? <laughs> are you serious? No, 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 no. Oh, she's okay. like Dan Henderson. I know who Dan Henderson yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's like, she's like we're, we're, we're in California, like doing the whole beer and wine tour of San Francisco and, and uh, Sonoma Valley and stuff. And she's like, you, you want to go do jujitsu? I was like. Yeah, that it didn't go over well. So, so I like on the label here. It says cultured brewery yeast is akin to feeding raw shark to your gerbil. It is unlikely to ever occur in nature, and we've got an IBU of fifty-one point one. So it's rather hoppy. Do you think uh, it's bitter? I don't. I think it's. I mean, there's a bitterness to it. It's actually not. It's. It, I would say it's more bitter than it is hoppy. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ten percent alcohol, so that's gonna whatever it's edge a, I had coming <laughs> off of training. I said I needed a beer, so. I'll, it's I'll uh, take it. How was your training today, Noah? Mm, it was good. I had a hard time, like getting my body started. I don't know. Um, but uh, the, I really liked the the passing sequence we did. Mm-hmm. We actually did a a sequence. So I'll describe it. We did a um, basically a knee cut pass, but you you finish wide. So you give them the opportunity to get their bottom knee in, and then they throw their other leg over in kind of a classic defense. Then you put your head under that and circle to the other side to their back. They'll turtle, and then there's some responses you can do. It's something that's occurred to me a lot in uh, in my roles, so I could identify with it. Uh, a lot of people I find pass my guard in that situation where I go head over the shoulder, and then they just pass to my back, and I'm either in side control right, or I right. give up my back. So. Uh, it's nice to practice stuff that, that's relevant to what I'm doing. I really had a hard time doing the, the final counter to the counter, which was a cartwheel pass. I just, I just hop over. I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't get the cartwheel. I don't, I can't cartwheel right now. I don't know. It's very frustrating. I think so, but like I, I, I had a problem doing it too. Right. And I think a big part of it is you have to be willing to like, really like put your shoulder and head into your partner and like make them break I noticed weight. when Paul was doing it on me it felt like an over under pass kind yeah. of he, his head was in my hip pocket and his shoulder was right in my and like, sternum like and we're being nice to each other right so and it's one of those things like judo where judo doesn't work if you don't like commit to it <laughs> so like when you do like the Tommy what, so what's Tommy in my nickname now is it the that's the, the Canadian the brothers <laughs> um, I don't know <laughs> so when we do the, like the the Vu Gilligan, Gilligan Vu, like half committed, like I'm only going to put like 50% of my weight on you or like use 50% of effort thing. It doesn't work, right? Like you have to go for well, it. Well, and I even got, I got stopped by, by Paul when we were doing our stand-up drills because I, tr- I was trying to do what he was doing to me. So yesterday I trained and Paul and I were doing grip breaks and entries and stuff. And so basically just on the feet. And he kept doing uh, a judo entry. I guess it's a judo entry. Like a backstep or what? Yeah, he backstepped. But he would, he would actually put his arm 
just right over my shoulder. So in a way, it's not great for jujitsu because if he actually takes me down, he's in a bulldog and I could take his back conceivably. Mm. He doesn't have an underhook. But it's a great way to quick, quickly kind of chuck a guy over you. It's hip toss. It's a quick yeah. hip toss. So I was effing around with that. But I was being nice, and he stopped me. He's like, you actually have to, like, chop the bottom of their legs. Like, yeah, you're going like, wide because you don't want to take them over. But he's like, I used to do that in Muay Thai, and he started kicking me. He's like, I used to, like, hold back. And he, admittedly, I don't know Muay Thai, so I, I did. But I got, the, I got the point that he was doing something to protect his teammates. But in doing so, he did it so much that he developed the hat up that, that actually live, yeah. he did the same thing. So then he had to, like, drill it hard like yeah, properly yeah, yeah. you know to undo that habit so it was a good catch um so yeah just i like i told you what's, what's really exciting is there's a lot of stuff i get to practice and a lot of new techniques i want to do and there's only so much time in the day to practice it and when you first do it you're probably not going to have the most success so you know it's kind of i like sequences like this um so d- my question to you and i'll find out later today is this a part of the curriculum or is this fuck around Saturday? Uh, I'll, I'll be able to, to let it's you know. It's probably fuck around Saturday, I, think I would so say. Uh, but it's a good sequence. I, you know, I think it's a good is. sequence. And, and he actually brought that up earlier, a few weeks ago. Should we be teaching more sequence-based stuff? So instead of... which I mean, this covered a variety of positions instead of just covering 50-50. Right. Like, how do you get out of 50-50? And potential but like initial attack sequences so this was the argument i had a little bit with ryan martman is the idea that like if you exclusively train sequences is that essentially a two-person kata but if the two-person kata is so here's the here's what i found here's idea. what i found about the sequence i found that it was encouraging me to do the bad habits i was doing to let my guard get past at that key point so when i put my head over the shoulder I was doing it in a way that allowed my partner to pass me. And, and I realized... Right, 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 I, right. And so I think it's actually... It's a disservice to the uke, sort of. I actually think conceptually it's good to see, but I actually wouldn't want to rep it a lot. Because I think it develops a bad habit. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, because the, I think resistance training is good. And this was not resistance training because resistance no, training is, means yeah. this would be ugly. So I think in resistance training, you could still get this, but you wouldn't get it all the time. And I think that's, I think that would make the sequence useful. I think like guys so, do the sequence, yeah. but you can break off at any time because if we all know what the sequ- what the end goal is, we can hedge our defense. I'll let you pass the other way, but I'm never going to let you pass the way that right. the sequence allows you to think. So for me, I noticed, and I actually want to ask Paul this, instead of bringing my head all the way, excuse me, instead of bringing my leg all the way over and covering his bicep or shoulder, um, it, I actually remember something JB said. Take my foot on the other side and jam Stump his him. shoulder. Yep. that's Don't, don't, don't drape over. That. Because what ends up happening is I'll end up putting my hamstring on their shoulder or bicep and then they put their head under and they pass. And they pass, exactly. And they pass. I'm like, this sucks. And, and what sucks for me is I've been taught and I believe that if you want to pass, you have to be on your feet. You can't be on your knees. And guys that have done this to me are on their uh, knees on their- and it frustrates the fuck out of me because I'm like, well, I'm rewarding. Okay, so I'm rewarding. You're speaking in absolutes though, right? Like who said in order to pass, you have to be on your feet? 
Paul and JB. I mean, it, yes, agreed, right? But like, there's all there are also many systems that are predicated on like passing from the knees. I so it. I mean, like some people are just good at that too. Um, In my primitive mind, my black and white mind, I'm kind of like, no, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> because and this is it, right? Like <laughs> they're shortcutting through here, and that's where like he had mentioned like Hoffa Mendez, like this is. You know, the, the idea of sort of like agility-based passing like this is a very, not new, but it's sort of revolutionary, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. because like traditional Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is all predicated on like this, like this very sequential-based thing of like close guard, open the guard. Are you talking about step. pressure passing? Or you yeah, like just the, the idea of like pressure, pressure, pressure versus like... Because didn't, I think that's kind of the basis of Gordon Ryan's passing instruct or excuse me, attacking the guard instructional Yeah, <laughs> is... There are three forms of passing. There's pressure passing. There's, I guess, agility passing. Yeah, and, like, uh, yeah. Uh, and then he actually said float passing he categorizes as his own thing. Um. So, yeah, he said what, and, like, there's pressure and then, passing. And then a fourth thing would be, like, attacking a leg. Attack, yeah, exactly. So like, those are they're actually four things. And he said people are usually good at one, but not everything. And I want to be good at everything, blah, 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 because I'm, and, and, I'm and Gordon Ryan. <laughs> and he can't fight, and he can't pass... Um, Mikey's, did you see that? What's that? So I, I'm usually not an Instagram guy. Actually, so I gave up my hiatus briefly, and I was on Instagram, and of course you, I come up on you Instagram. Get a dry spell of like looking at hot chicks. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> I'm single. Yeah, no, that's fine. Hey, we're all guilty. My wife has clearly said I'd be worried if you weren't looking at pictures of hot women. So. Oh my god. <laughs> you sound like my dad. <laughs> no, I mean, right? Like, <laughs> anyway, she's like, "You're a guy." I'm like, so, I, I um, so it just so happens that Gordon Ryan right now is at the uh, UFC Performance Institute out in Las Vegas. Is he really training with other grapplers? Oh, Vinny oh because they had the quintet. Yeah, yeah. Vinny Magalhaes was there, and he was he was uh, rolling nogi with uh, Mikey Musinesi. Or you, you said nogi so like emphatically, like. Well, that's, I don't. Does, I don't though. see Mikey. No, I don't see Mikey as a. As oh, a okay, okay. I I'm like, Gordon, all player. he does is no. no that's all he does. But I don't see okay, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. And, he and said, Mikey's the guy who beat Bruno. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, and university. Which like everyone loves him in like nine different weight class. They're like nine weight classes apart, though, aren't they? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean it's, like, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's like a hundred pound difference. And he couldn't pass. He couldn't pass Mikey's guard. And really? he said it. In, and he's like, he's like, I'm going crazy right now. Like I'm fully tilted. He's like, like frustrated. Yeah, basically. like I'll, I'll figure it out tomorrow. Like I couldn't, I couldn't. But he's like, he he's able to. He he said his frame is a little unique. He says Mikey's legs are a little long for his body, hmm. and but he said he's very intelligent. Have you ever and, heard? And, and um, keeps the inside position. It's all about that of, inside position. It is all about like inside control. Have you heard any of Gordon's um, breakdowns of his ADCC no. stuff? I'm kind of like I'm kind of off Gordon a little bit like he's the best nogi grappler in the world and you're saying yeah no 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 he's very skilled at what he does I'd rather kind of go to Dan I mean he speaks faster than Danaher does yeah so, so he gets he to the can point. go through half the time but you know who he sounds like because he sounds just like Gary Tonin and I think it makes sense because I think he started under Gary yeah Gary was his original if coach. you listen to Gary and I'm sure Gary got it from from Danaher but I think it's Gordon getting it through Gary who got it through ta- uh, uh, that's Danaher. the thing is Gary was originally a Tom DeBlas black belt so, oh okay which he sounds absolutely nothing like Tom DeBlas no he doesn't like but um but if you listen to Gary Tonin like break stuff down really, it sounds pretty, a lot like Gordon okay. Ryan which it's interesting I mean like because 
Danaher, like I always thought, I, I haven't heard Dan or uh, excuse me, Gary breaking anything down. So, but I have heard quite a bit of Danaher breaking stuff down. I feel as though the language used, and it would make sense that he's a student now. That Gordon sounds quite a bit like his syntax sounds the a center lot line, like, and he and uses the Japanese term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Because I mean, like that's that's what you should do in coaching, right? Because that way your athletes know what what you're talking about. Um, but so, anyways, uh, so he couldn't pass Mikey Musemi's guard, huh? So there you go. I'd have to watch that. That's on Instagram. Uh, it's not. There's not a video. It's just a post. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I think it's it shows that there something to be said for for being a, a having a smaller frame, being able to fit in tighter spaces. I think. Sure. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I think it's it's interesting. It, it, it's encouraging for a guy like me who's not Gordon size, because I'm like, ooh, I can frustrate with my physical attributes. I don't have to be all Asai and Jesus the whole time, you know? <laughs> what are you trying to say there? <laughs> do, you, do you want, like, Atos coming after us? Like, Jesus, man. Actually, I love, I love, um, I really love... Uh, Hinger, man. Well, those guys are great, but I really like uh, Galvao's teaching. Like, I'll, I'll watch a lot of his, really? his technique stuff. I do think you, it's really solid. Some? Hmm? <laughs> no, I mean I'll get on YouTube and okay. stuff and and check out some of his breakdowns. Both Gi and Nogi, very relevant, very similar to what Paul teaches. Yeah, I'll actually send Paul more than anything Galval clips and say, really? "Don't you do that?" Like I feel like you do this to me, and he said, "Yeah, I kind of do this to you." Did and you then- see the? Um, there was one like three days ago of this guy in Canada that he's like oh my favorite like 50 50 escape and it was literally the sequence that we've been working for the past like four months oh really yeah and he's like it's a little complicated but it works and i was like oh, i know this he added one little tweak to it and i'm like i want to play with it a little bit okay uh, but either way so it's funny though because like how it's like the idea of like einstein and um <laughs> the other dude sorry other dude but like how all of these sort of like ideas develop Tesla? independent. <laughs> Is it was it Tesla? Well, like, who's the other guy? I don't know. But like, no, no, it was Edison. It was Edison and like this British guy who were both coming up with like very similar ideas about. Oh, and yeah, the idea of, of no, it's Tesla and Edison. Was it Tesla and Edison? And, and yeah, those are the two. Okay, so they were both coming up with these ideas independent of one another, Correct. right? But, like, that's cool, right? That means, like, they're both seeking truth and they're both discovering truth because they're finding it via, like, independent means. Like, that's awesome. Like, the fact that, like, this guy up in Canada, you know, is... is Or maybe they both saw the same instructional video. <laughs> or they... Uh, well, Paul actually says he doesn't like watching instructionals. He likes watching competition footage. Okay. So he... um. And and he sort of like reverse engineers stuff and and adds it to his own thing to that because like that's like combat tested right like instructions are great I mean like you can see and that's actually why I asked you about like oh have you seen instructions other than Danaher is like a lot of times they teach in these like sort of perfect sequences that don't they pertain to that situation that situation only right and whether or not you can force that situation well enough that sequence may not work a lot of the Danaher instructionals seem to be in such isolation that you have to actually put some thought into how to how to adapt them into a live role. But he gives you of, so many contingencies. He does. He does. But I still 
I still think it's very in a vacuum. And I think there could be a little bit of... I mean, it depends. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of his like, Gee Fundamentals seem very in a vacuum. For like his key fundamentals are super. It's funny because like if you look at what his guys do and execute, it's considerably different. I just needed my arms feeling numb. No, so I was just I, checking I to need, see if your phone was near the. No, no, no. I there. just needed to actually allow some blood flow to my right <laughs> arm, so I don't go oddly like paralytic again. Um, <laughs> but his key fundamentals are super. Like I, I may or may not have seen the original like Henzo Gracie tapes with like Greg Kukuk. Um and there's they're that right like because maybe they are just the absolute fundamentals um and then uh, maybe against like absolute fundamentals against untrained opponents you know and then that could be true his systems and the, you know the enter the system stuff is sort of jujitsu versus jujitsu versus yeah. jujitsu versus untrained person so. and then gary tonin's all about exiting the Exi- system. yeah yeah so that looks <laughs> Which, interesting we'll have to see that soon yeah we'll have to check it out um so I told you I had a, I had some stuff to share with Ooh. regard to the pay, the podcast. So save it for the podcast. So this week, due to a bunch of bizarre circumstances with personnel and all that, <laughs> I ended up teaching three classes this week. Did you really? You taught more than the new than black belt Chris Vu. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've actually said that. So I'm I'm admitting to so it. So I taught. A gi fundamentals class, and then the following day I ca- I taught no gi, oh. followed by gi fundamentals. Gi, uh, in a way, I felt more most comfortable in no gi of all things. Really, which is funny, but because you have good attributes and you can just attribute your way out of shit, <laughs> is that why? No, because I got to show some like basic leg lock oh. entries and attacks. Calm down there, and that, and that just. I mean, obviously, there's a cool factor for the students, I guess, but there are only four people. Oh, that's you're the, doing the cool factor but thing. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the mark of a poor instructor, though, Noah. <laughs> Come on. We've discussed this. <laughs> so let's get to the... Let, that, that's... Let, let's ignore... Let's shelve that debate for now. <laughs> Sorry. So, in Nogi, because this, this all went down with today's Saturday. This went down Thursday. Yes, and it was back was to back. Right, right. So, so Wednesday, Thursday. Two, well, Wednesday I taught fundamental gi. Okay. Then I taught no gi at seven the following day, along with fundamental gi at eight. And in no gi, I had four people. Okay, I had Nikki, Eric, uh, Chico, and Eric. Eric who? Eric's a white belt who just started. Uh, I'd say a month or so okay, ago. So like a, a very a beginner. You okay, know? gotcha. And a trial, and the trial is the the case in point here. So, <laughs> the 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 I thought the class went fine. We covered a lot of stuff. People seemed to be into it, so that was good. And it was nice to have an even number of people. So I had two groups of you know two pairs. So it was easy to like go back and forth. But long story short. Um, Nick's working with Eric. They're fine. That's good. That's a good choice. And Chico's working with a new guy. Now, let's describe new guy. New guy is the second coming of Clint. (laughs) Huge, jacked, tatted up. Very nice. I mean, he was nice and respectful to me, 
but he he we look like Clint too. Okay, and I love Clint. I'm not using it like me personally. Like he's using Clint as purely a, like an archetype. Yeah, as an archetype, and I actually like Clint. Clint had some issues at the gym. I won't <laughs> get into that, but I he's there's no I love I love I love Clint. He's a good guy, and I think he might be in Brazil right now training. I think oh uh, for all I know. Anyway, so much SIE. Point is. <laughs> with time to go live so when we went live i had them start in kind of a 50 50 leg entanglement position is so, it possible to ashi each other so that's kind of how I, I had one in one out so i basically had people holding their on their butts holding their ankle each other's ankles with one foot in so it was okay. like if All you right. wanted to fully scissor and go into 50 50 you could but yeah, you yeah, weren't yeah. there you're just, and I said, you know, start from there if you, you want to go anywhere so else. How did you come up with that, just out of curiosity? I've seen that. Have I've you? I've seen okay. that taught, yeah. I've Paul's like, taught it. I've seen it taught when I was at a, glo- a Globetrotter camp. Okay. You know, I, they're these interesting positions. Now, I don't even recall if it was from that or uh, the following thing, because I might have even said guys just starting their back. But we ended up, this guy going with Chico, and he's on Chico's back, and he is using every muscle in his, in his body. And he's got kind of a Kimura trap on Chico. On Chico. He's on Chico's back. Yeah. And Chico's just, you know, resisting. And now he's trying to rip some sort of arm bar. So he starts jamming his shin into Chico's side. And then I I don't know what happened at that point. It looked like the guy's knee kind of like like slid along Chico's ribs or something. But Chico was like, ah, I have to stop, you know. So he's got... A minor bruised rib, you know. Really? I talked that to means Chico. that dude was fucking. Oh, dude, the wrenching. guy was strong. That guy was strong. So Chico Chico's goes not, off. To not the, weak either. That's no. The thing, so Chico like, goes off to the side. Now that guy, I did see. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, and but that's then the thing he, with beginners, right? They just, just literally so don't. This, know. Well, this is the thing. So this is a larger story. I, I'm hoping that. I think I'm hoping our audience has gone from two to three, and maybe that third person <laughs> might be identify this at their gym. So what ended up happening was. <laughs> Victor was there assisting. Or Victor was there doing more than he was helping everybody. He's like, oh, you know, put me in coach. So now he goes in. <laughs> was and he Rudy did? And he decides to wrestle this guy. And the first thing this guy does is grab a headlock. Oh, no. And does not let go. <laughs> and I can so see. How big is he? Like, is he like my size? Is he bigger? He, he's Clint's size. So he's like, he's like 200, like 5'9. No, no, he's not 5'9. He's like 6'1. Against Victor? Yeah. He's the, fucking front headlocks <laughs> Victor? He, and he just, he squeezes. And Victor's oh head's God. turning red. And Victor's, Please now, tell me he had the, so, the wherewithal to tap. So, no, Victor's, that's why Victor's shoulders hurt. Nice. So, <laughs> so Victor got scrunched. <laughs> and he probably has a minor AC joint sprain. That's good. Now, that's Victor. Good. So we all know Mount, now he here, goes, This right? is the kicker. Now, he, Victor fought out of that. Tapped the guy multiple times. Nice. Each time he tapped him, the guy said, hang on, I need to take a breather. Which really... Oh, he cardio tapped? <laughs> oh, which fuck really, that guy. Which really... Is he here today? Well, I, he hasn't signed up, and I, I hope feel he signed bad. up. Actually. I feel bad if he's here. Because uh, fuck that. If he's that. listening to the podcast. Oh, uh, when do I get to neon belly this guy? Because so, I, I don't deal with that, man. So, afterwards, I went with him. And you I, went with him? Yeah, I okay, went with good, him. Because there was, there was nobody left. Oh, she, <laughs> right? right? I was like, Ooh, Nick and Eric, he's climbing the mountain. Now I go... So then I went with him, he gets and I started on my, I butt scooted in, I grabbed his legs, and I just, did, no, I no, leg locked him all the time. You mark Pete, did you fucking I, I did. I only did uh, ankle, 
Achilles locks, which I showed. Okay. And knee bars, which I showed. Okay. Good. So all I showed, all right, I, I only tapped him with the two submissions I showed. Did he stomp the fuck out of your asshole? No, I kept him on it. Like I was able to keep him on his okay, butt. Okay. Because like, like he like, tried, he stood up and he's very strong. But then I dropped him down. But yeah, yeah, I so didn't go like, mano a mano with him. Okay. And I even made a joke with him early on. Because I, I butt scooted in. He's like, what do you... I was like, dude, I'm not going to... Like, I, I was like, yeah, like I'm not going to arm stupid. wrestle you, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm going to arm wrestle you. So, so we got these injuries. And now I'm doing Gee Fundamentals and I'm watching guys spar. So flash forward to Gee Fundamentals. So I want to just go back. That, that trial student, Victor was... So what is... In the moment, Victor was furious because his head was getting popped off. Like, he was just furious you know and i felt and he, and he hurt his shoulder I'm, I'm pissed. now that guy so do you think seemed he a little before? clueless but i think he but he genuinely i seemed nice he didn't seem malicious you know he's just he, he's like he just doesn't know his own strength and he's doing what he knows yeah and he's also like he's even telling me he's like man i can tell you're so relaxed like you're just waiting because he's cardio tapping because he's yeah, tense yeah, yeah. the whole right, right. time oh, yeah which is okay yeah, that's but i'm not problem. focusing on him so much i'm just focusing on a larger what felt like an epidemic that night. I'm watching guys spar in fundamentals class, and it's fucking Buchecha Hodger Gracie. Oh, like, yeah, every, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone's going so every, gosh darn hard. Because they're trying to win. So I actually had to stop the class. Oh, you Chris booed them. I Chris booed them. Like between rounds, they were on the wall, and I was like, guys, I, I hate being preachy, but I'm going to preach right now. Oh, and I and I good. tried to like calm them down, but that didn't even remember jujitsu. That didn't means that gentle. didn't that didn't calm them down too much either. You How know? many people were in fundamentals? Uh, maybe sixteen. Sixteen people. Yeah. Oh, they're like Chris told you to do this. Didn't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> so did you say jujitsu means gentle? Here, here's Please my thing. I'm wondering did. because the realization I had is I don't normally teach. I'm a student. So I'm rolling. I don't look at any other people rolling. Dude, everybody fucking goes crazy. So when I watched everyone going ham, and right after I talked, you know, two guys are going, and one guy is in close guard and proceeds <laughs> to pick the guy up to sort of pick the guy. I'm like, whoa, 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 calm down. And then they kind of fall back down to the ground. I was like, God, you guys, you're giving me a heart attack here. So do you, okay, does it make sense as to why I do my speech before class now? Yeah. Right, like because th- so, I have to cover my bases. But right? here's like, my thing: it's necessary that thing. people don't realize this. Are we? Should we not let white belts like roll? So that's an interesting question because I do know that in other academies, people under the experience of six months are not allowed to roll. I've and heard. actually. From my understanding, there are certain academies where even if you're new to the gym, you can't roll until you've been there for six months, regardless of belt, because you have to learn their rules. Um, so there, there are two things I'm picking up from this, right? A, business, right? Because you can't go around injuring people because it's just bad for business and for people, right? Like, sure. And B... Safety, which that, that's the broader thing. Of, um, yeah, but here's the third factor. What's the third factor? In some sick way, people have fun when they go hard. Right, but people until can Until they get hurt. Until they get hurt, right, right, right. And, so, and, and what I was trying to... And I, I, didn't, I didn't spend too much time harping on it when I stopped them. I was just like, guys, like, let's take it easy on each other, kind of. You know, I didn't really go into, people like... people don't even realize that, because, like, this is something that's taken me, at this point, literally 15 years to learn. 
right? When I'm rolling with fucking Captain Schizo, right? It doesn't matter who you are, new dude. And I'm like, I got my clothes guard locked on because that's what I do. And they're going like, and you hear them grunting. And that's like the telltale sign of like fucking craziness, right? When you say, or, or let's reverse that, right? And I've at some point swept them because they've given me some sort of opening. And I mount them. And you can hear them like doing like Valsalva, like, right? Like they're just like completely like contracting against their diaphragm. Like, and I say like, bro, breathe, relax work on keeping your elbows in that sort of stuff. Like I have to put myself in beginner's mindset because like people, it's sort of like when you do Muay Thai and you're like, bro, keep your hands up. People think they're keeping their hands up just like they think they're breathing in jujitsu and they have no clue. Right. And you tell them to like relax and they have no idea what you mean. They think relax means do Tai Chi. Right. Not, because, like, have you ever done new technique with a brand new person? Yeah. Many times. They think that you have to go 100% to execute the technique. And, like, whenever I go with a brand new person, I almost tell them, like, dude, try moving in slow motion. And this is actually something that Steve Maxwell touched upon, right? He, he had said, like, he's like, if, like, traditional grace of jiu-jitsu, you learn it in slow motion first. Because, like, if you can't even do it in slow motion, what makes you think you can do it fast motion? Well, right? to that point, I, I recall what something JB told me, which was try and, try and do everything with the least amount of effort and strength possible. Yeah. So that way, when you're in a competition situation or you need to turn it on, if you can control someone with an ounce of your pressure and... and Right. And strength. Imagine what it feels like when you crank the volume up on your yes. effort level. You know, but you wanna you wanna be able to identify when it comes to control the the points without masking it with muscle strength. Like yes. I'm just squeezing the guy and holding him, but I'm really not identifying where I need to concentrate my pressure. And once I identify that, yeah, then yeah, I can exactly, go. Exactly, right? And and new people don't know this. So that's like the difficult part because I think because grappling like all of you, you had kind of mentioned it before. It's like the idea of grappling is sort of like it's counterintuitive to everything that you've been taught your entire life, or everything that's sort of like instinctual, right? Because like grappling really has it's like the ultimate meta of like jujitsu versus jujitsu. It's like the meta of like human nature and using pure thought, logic, experimentation, and technique to overcome that like natural human nature, right? Like who's who in their right mind thinks I need to relax to like yeah, sink but, this choking? Yeah, then the other thing, but the dilemma facing a new person, you have two brand new white belts and you tell the one white belt, Mr. White Belt or Mrs. White Belt, relax, practice the technique, go easy. And the other person doesn't get that message and they go hard. Guess who wins? Well, the person goes, uh, yeah. That goes and hard. And it's a super So. Yeah. You have to somehow get these people to lose their ego. And that's, I think, the hardest thing. Because obviously the person I that's relaxing and practicing, if you, if you give them a few months. Objectives. Okay, well, okay. So let me get to, I'll get to that. Okay. I'll get to the objective yeah, yeah, part. Do. But my thing is, is if you, if you can lose your ego and actually practice the technique and accept, quote, losing, whatever that fucking means when you're on a training mat, <laughs> right? Like fucking losing, whatever, you're winning, like who the fuck cares, right? Is 
Oh, I'm guilty we'll of it too. A bit I'm, 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 I'm guilty too. of that too. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously evaluating my performance based you on how I rolled other people. And stuff? Noah, I've got, I've got my ledger, man. <laughs> I got my ledger. Do you keep, do you count taps? No. You have. Oh, I'm I have like, a ledger book. I have a ledger book. I'm like, I'm like I have no Noah. <laughs> if that's what you okay. No, but my point is, is, is obviously the person that that starts practicing and loses right away will beat the person who's schizo and trying to win from the get go within three months, because okay. their technique will have advanced to yes. the point where they can actually fend them, protect themselves against the full-on schizo kind of guy. But that's a hard sell for people, you know? So that's why I'm thinking, and I think Paul mentioned this too, is maybe the solution is you don't let them free roll. You just situational spar the fuck out of everyone. And and you just do one-minute rounds. If you do one-minute rounds... For 15 minutes, everyone's going to be dead tired. Because yeah, when you give them one minute... Or, yeah, even if you're advanced, it doesn't matter. Like, it's like you, there's more of a sprint, especially if they're starting in advantageous positions, you yes. know? So that, I think, can control it. It's, but it's just... It's frustrating. Not, it's not frustrating. It was demoralizing to not be a student for, for a moment, look around, and see how fucking crazy everyone is when they roll yes and i thought noah, i was and i no, thought and i thought noah. i was crazy i thought i was no, crazy when bro, I rolled. this is like this is chris Vu 15 years of experience at this point that's why like it's sort of like the idea of like parenting right like when a co- when sorry a kid, white belts I'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah no no and it's it, and it, but that's the thing right like it's just you just been doing it longer you just have experience more this is it's literally like parenting like you have to like when they go fucking bananas, you have to actually calm yourself, right? Like you don't meet them at that because like all it does is encourage them. Like this is what you're supposed to do. No, no, no. You need to be a better example, right? So like laying out the clear expectations and getting a little philosophical. And I know we sort of forget that a lot of times is there's nothing wrong with that. Like, remember we're doing jujitsu. Jujitsu by definition means gentle skill or gentle technique. The or gentle, gentle art. art. Right? <laughs> It's like so. Let's let's delve in a little, Mister John. You know, Mister Danaher here. You know, like I like doing that. Maybe I'll start doing that. I'll start calling everybody like Mister by their last name. Become like the super philosophical guy. Um, like really encouraging the idea of what does gentle really mean? Does it mean being lazy in the case of Chris Vu? In my case, yeah. <laughs> does it or does it mean in the in the Danaher definition of it being using pure technique, leverage, some attributes, because it's necessary, to defeat the unskilled opponent, right? Like, and then, and, and furthermore, like, the skilled opponent. So, like, ultimately using your brain to overcome that, like, urge to, right? So maybe that's, we don't know that, because people think of martial arts, especially in America, where it was, you know, we have that, like, karate kid culture, the Bruce Lee culture of, like, striking. That the idea of striking, you have to hit them hard and fast, right? Like, you don't hit somebody soft to knock them out. But you have to approach jujitsu a little differently and grapple a little differently to, to truly... Oh. Our first burp caught on camera. Oh, my God. Again. I will not edit that out. No, 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 no. That was... I'm done with mine. How are you doing on yours? 
Well, I want to. I want to stay coherent, so I don't want to get too red in the Am face. Am I getting? I'm actually more philosophical now. No, I know you. You're, you're great. I'm the one here <laughs> drinking the beer. Like, gosh, man, um, the biggest thing is safety. And, and two people got hurt on my watch. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you you've out Jamie, Jamie. I know. This is oh terrible. my god. Did you? But well, Victor, did you do your due diligence, sir? Am I one of the two? And log them. What? In, like, am I one of the two? Yes. Yeah. Who was the other one? Chico. Chico. Well, your own. I mean, like, you should log your own regardless. Well, I'm not gonna log my own because I'm not gonna sue the place anytime soon. Um, and I, well, I haven't done Chico's, but uh, I will do it. Um, I mean, Chico can like represent himself, so you're fucked, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, with Chico, uh, I talked to him after, and he, I don't know if you talked to him. Do you message him? Yeah, I talked to him. He's okay. okay good. I, I think he'll be out a couple days, but he should. He'll be at the party tonight. Is he? Fuck. Yeah, no, I, he's fine. It's just I feel like guy. such a shit for not being able to make it. Like, so like here's here's my conundrum for tonight. So just for everybody, today is uh, Saturday the fourteenth, the day after Friday the thirteenth. We're all alive, right? Um, it's our annual holiday party. We traditionally did it after promote the 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 winter promotions. Today we're actually doing it. We and by we I mean the gym, not me. Um, at uh, Paul and Caroline's clubhouse at their apartment complex. It's like a legit party, and they've booked a room and stuff, and like this is like, oh, this formal is Formal awesome. attire. I'm Actually, not like not eating attire, on like a sweaty mat, and I can't fucking make I it. I thought you said you were coming late. I'm going to try to make it. So like... Because we're going to watch the fights, probably. Are we really? Okay, I would love to. Because what are, like, your, what are your prior commitments, Chris? I'm curious. It's my fucking family, Victor. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, man. Okay, it's literally my Jesus. sister. Jesus, I wasn't attacking or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm automatically defensive, and I'm guilty of this. My wife points out all the time. It's literally my sister, my dad. Okay, okay. So, like, for, like, four years now, they've been, like, they've been in their house for a certain amount of years. Like, my, um, my sister's been inviting, like, us to their, actually, three years, I guess to their Christmas party and like we never go because like we're very regimented about Connor's like <gasps> bedtime no you know what I mean Chris is not gonna be there I get to drink if you fucking open that and sip that I'm someone made a com- oh Stacy made the comments like you guys talk about underage drinking a lot <laughs> it's like well that's the thing is like I have to HR the fuck out of this poor guy because we can't condone underage He's Colombian drinking. and in Colombia the drinking age is not 21 I, uh, are you born I'm in Colombia cultru- yes I was I'm, liar no i'm no i'm not i will you show really? you my my uh you have some sort of green card no i have a dual citizen citizenship because of because of there um so oh, i have a passport i have a passport and actually i lost my american passport so my only passport is a colombian passport which is funny so on a side note on a side note uh victor recently lost his blue belt and is using a loner blue belt what 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 happens is there some sort of mr black belt tell us is there a is there oh, some sort of tradition? Did you really lose your blue belt? I did. Well, um, so the one I'm using right now is uh, Alexis' belt because the loner one I was wearing, she's wearing it because it's smaller. But uh, I actually like the color, and it's very popular with the kids. Like is the color, it the, uh, is it's it a the, darker one, and I oh, like the it better. Darker right? one. Yeah. That's the one I originally are you, wanted. Are you helio gracing yourself? I don't know. I, I, you I, don't do that. That's the one I originally wanted, <laughs> Coach Belt. But uh, I'm just kidding. The Helio Gracie one? Kidding. No, the darker blue one. I think the darker blue one is the, that's the one that Helio Gracie wears because he's like, Jiu-Jitsu has lost its way. I, I don't thought, believe in the black belt I anymore. I thought the light blue is the traditional color, like the turquoise. You mean like the super, like the sky blue one? Yeah, I thought that was the traditional. That's mine. Like that's like the that's the I call it the Brazilian blue belt. Right? Yeah, I thought that was the traditional color for the belt. 
I think because he so, has a darker one. He has like that's the one that like he looks like. That just looks. My bad. art is so watered down. I don't even wear a real black belt. That just. I'm gonna bad. wear this navy blue belt forevermore. So Hoist Gracie now only wears a navy blue belt. So you you skip. Oh, past, so you're, no longer, you're past black belt, dude. You're you're, you're, you're past, past the coral. So you bypass purple, brown, black, coral. You can tell the alcohol is getting into effect. We're starting to go off tan. I mean, I just I like it better. It looks better. I don't know. It looks cool. I I really like the navy blue belt, it, man. Yeah, the the blue. It automatically I, looks I, aged. So it looks like you put a lot, right, lot so of work in. So just for the entertainment purposes, walk us through when you stepped in for Chico and rolled with Clint oh, version two point asshole. Whoa. Okay. I'm sorry. I know. I don't mean. What it was like his that. name? I'm. So, I don't know. I don't know his name. You uh, don't even know. I don't know. Okay. Did you totally miss our like instructor meeting the other day? In all seriousness, I'm. I was. I, I don't mean that. Of course. Um. You better so, yeah, not mean I that. I was. No, I don't mean. That. I don't mean that. He I mean he was like he was a reasonably nice guy. He was just like a little you know rough because I mean. Because you, because you see him, he's like a big dude. You know he go, he's gonna go hard. But um I don't know. I was thinking about that. We were doing leg logs and I was just kind of you know going in. And then he just grabs my head and starts squeezing the shit so out of my head. So that's the thing, right? Like, so instructor level one for you, right? Not being an asshole. Number one. You need to protect yourself. Okay, so my question is, my, my reaction was, and I have a, I have a, no, no, I'm, I have a little temper when I roll and, and something like that happens. I, I go like, I go, I'm getting mad. So we're going and I. So you know, like, you know the scene in uh, Kill Bill where they play the music? Yeah, yeah, like that's what happens. It's, like, it's, it's, it's go time. It's go time. <laughs> I was just, just mad. So we, we were, that's awesome. By the way, we were in this like we were in this like guillotine slash head and arm thing because he had my arm. And How'd you get there? You shot? Shoulder. No, I know I didn't shoot. I was in my back. Not in my back. I was in my my butt, like playing the leg locks. And he and just the, fucking front head locked you. Grabbed my head, and I was this like, guy's seen enter the system, hasn't he? <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> so so I point was this like, guy out. Let me so, lazy guard him. So, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like lock this guy. I was like, I don't. I want to put my fucking sternum in your face. So I got up, and he uh, he dropped down, and I dropped on my shoulder with his weight, and that's when my shoulder. I had my shoulder pop. Oh fuck! And that's where I was like, all right. So I got back up again, and he he kept going on my head. So I just picked him up for a double, and I dropped him, and that's when I mounted him, and uh, we were going, and I armbarred him, and then he's like. Give me a break. But at this point, I was like, "No, oh, you like, need to no, belly him." You're gone, you're gone. No, no, no. So here's here's my advice. It's like you don't get to squeeze my head and just go 100. Exactly. You don't and cardio tap just, like and that, And then bro. just ask me to to take a few seconds while you catch your breath. Nah, that's not. No, how no, 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 no. Me, no. So here's okay. So here's I'm experience level. I'm a black belt now, right? Like I, that's there. There you go, Jeremiah. Are you he, fucking he happy? Indeed, a black I'm a black belt now. now. So I'm black belt now. I've taught many classes. I've done many trials. Um, so here's here's and this goes back to my thing more uh, Noah. There's nothing more de- demoralizing to bro white belt than this fucking lazy unathletic Asian dude sweeping you at will, mounting you and just wet toweling the fuck out of you. I'm telling you, it's like if there's a way to sell jujitsu. It's the perfect way to sell jujitsu, because like you sit there, you fucking drive your shoulder into their face, and they're like, and they're trying to bench press you off their shoulder in your or my shoulder in their face, and you're like, my fucking strength doesn't work. 
It doesn't work against this fucking lazy like, guy. I feel like instead of having the uh, the fire extinguisher like break glass <laughs> in case of emergency, it's like break glass and out comes the lazy Asian black belt. That's, Chris it's Vu, the best thing. And like, I will wet blanket. Right. Who do I wet what's blanket? the better sell in jujitsu, right? Like but, the guy who's matching you in energy but or the guy who's you. reversing your energy. Oh, absolutely. But knowing Victor, Victor is still the kind of guy who wants to wrestle. He'll wrestle a guy who's 300 pounds. Like, I, I'm going to wrestle him. Me, I came in with his legs, and I just, like, I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. You Frank mirrored him? Yeah, I, no, I just sat there, and, and, and he had, like, again, I think the guy's a nice guy, and I think the guy. He's probably just strong as fuck, and he's used he to getting his weight. He doesn't know any better. Exactly. He just doesn't right? know he's any better. Bernarding you, right? Like, he's. And like you said, it's a fight or flight thing, and, and he's. And he's just squeezing and using all his strength, you yeah. know. But but when he told me, he's like, "Dude, you're just so relaxed and calm." And the minute, so I would get him into a into a dominant leg position, he would wrench a foot or something. And the minute he did that, I would, I would apply a tap. I would tap right, him. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so that was kind of that. I mean, Victor will admit that he was he is to blame for his injury because of his approach. Mm. No, yeah, 100%. I, I, I You're 100% so young. blame so young. myself for this. I mean, it's not a bad injury. It's just, you know, a few days. But uh, I... Did I you roll today, Victor? I drilled. Did you roll today, Victor? I did not roll. I drilled. Then it's a bad injury. I, I wanted to roll, but... I, I don't know. I'm not saying no, whether no, you did or didn't. That, I'm just saying... I, I tore my AC joint... You tore ago. your AC joint. Yeah, I tore my AC joint months ago. I don't know what an AC joint is. It's like the, it's the one that's on top of your uh, clavicle toward the outside of your arm. It connects your. Um, that's very grappler baki of you. Humerus and your cla- uh, collarbone, anatomy. Yes, but uh, I tore that a few months ago, and uh, it feels similar, but doesn't feel as bad. So it's just it's fine. But uh, yeah, 100% my fault. I should have like approached it in a more like. So how was the follow-up way. phone call with this gentleman? Like, what do you mean? Like hey. When can we see you again? As far as like with this guy, the dude who went crazy. Where, oh, well, I mean, I, I, after after the fact, before he left the gym, I said bye to him. Like I said bye to everybody. Every Where's the follow up call? I'm helping you out here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm what confused. is effective sales? Sales is about the follow up. That's how you fucking close, Victor. He's, he says thank you. For, he wants you to call him up. Like thank you for bruising my AC joint. Or when are you going to sign up? We're going to see you, you say, again. Hey, bro. <laughs> How was your experience? Oh, absolutely. Did you have fun? When? And no. when when will we see you again? You assume the goddamn sale, Victor. I'm pretty sure he's gonna come back, but no, like, there is no pretty sure. But he's the thing. No, he's you he's call that he dude was, up. He was a fairly nice guy, just a fucking schizo in the mats, you know. Which Whoa. Is normal. So and, so here's the thing. So what's interesting is we've had. Because we're doing well, we've had an influx of new white belts over the last few weeks, right? And I heard a podcast was they uh, they all are very roll happy, like they will stick around after class and roll with each other and beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> so they they they're enthusiastic. Every, I'm pretty sure everybody does that, but yeah. But they're enthusiastic. It's it's more noticeable right now. Okay, it's just this dude was jacked to the gills. And two thirty, you know what I mean. Two thirty. Oh, at least. Where was Where was Yoga John? It's the evening. Yoga John's already in bed. Come on, get Yoga John so, in here. We need the nicest dude ever, who's also jacked, to just the, like. The, yeah. So the point is, is when I go with other guys, them being schizo is not as much of a threat because they're not physically because they're not as imposing, right, right. you know. And I can actually use strength to. If I needed to, 
So, again, I'm, I'm glad Victor shared his size because it was funny. Victor, the, you were literally doing this against somebody who's a hundred pounds heavier than you. Oh, dude, it was hilarious. It was it was Are fucking you hilarious. Your mind? So, dude, he just dove in. He just he just dove in. He put on his wrestling because his, oh his ears like God. a little messed up. So he put on his headgear and he dove in. And I'm I'm like, oh, here we go. And you I'm got not, your headgear on too. Were you like yes, was I it like Rambo? Where it's like well, the I montage of you gearing I, up? I knew I knew it was, it was like it's already happened. I can't stop. Oh, it Victor, I, Victor. I was Victor. wondering. It's like is it is 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 there any world where I could step in and say, guys? Chill out. Yes, there absolutely I is. I would have said, no, I could fuck out of my face. Because at, oh, at, at that point, you already popped my shoulder. You already squeezed my jaw. We're going. You know, it's like. Oh, this is a failure on my part somehow. Like, oh Where were you, my Chris? God. I was, uh, I don't know. What I was so, yeah, doing. we're not perfect. Um, no. So, right, there's, there's a lot I'll to learn. Um, I may see you tonight, Victor. Goodbye. Um, and Alexia, good good day to you. Um, so so, how are you enjoying teaching? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I've I've, I've since I was eleven, I was teaching something. Eleven, yeah, eleven. The best story ever. What were, what, so, what were you teaching is, at eleven? So you know, please so, tell so me. So here's so here's what's so funny is Stacy. Stacy was Stacey like Thornton. Yeah. Okay. Stacy's like, are like you having conversations so she, with my she's wife. She's listening to the podcast. So hey Stacy, shout out to Stacy. She's listening to the podcast. And you know how it usually is? People go on a long trip and they need something to listen to in the car. John Estrada did that. Five hours of us. That's, That's right. That's incredible. That's what I'm saying. So she had a a business uh, costume party, Christmas party. A business superhero. costume party. So her company had a Christmas party with a superhero theme. Was you would have loved this. Was fucking the hulk because she well is. i told her to go as like she's like what's the quickest costume and i was like we'll go as like superman just we'll go as superman rash yeah, guard or, or just fucking and yeah. she had some like baby groot outfit that she was gonna oh, what rock. she was gonna make like a baby groot outfit it looked super complicated she sent me like no she doesn't because she's a, do D- a diyer it wasn't like she's gonna go to walmart and buy yeah but it's costume. so much easier to buy it from some like i know what she ended up going kid. is basically santa claus superman kind of like she basically wore a rash guard and glasses. You know what okay, I mean? Fair. Anyway, but she listened to it and she found out, she's like, oh, apparently, what did I learn from listening to the podcast? Oh, you did tennis. So I guess, Oh, did I've she noticed I keep bringing tennis up and it, I'm not trying to. I mean, it's your life but experience. But it's funny. Yeah. It makes you you. But the, the, the classic story, and I don't know, to other people, it might sound ludicrous. To me and my, to me and my like tennis buddies, it's, it's fucking hilarious, but, I started teaching tennis when I was 11 years old. Excellent. So I was essentially Victor. Oh. So my head coach was doing a summer program out at a place called Hon- Hancock Point. And it was all kids. And I had been a student of his for a few years. I started playing tennis when I was seven. So I was 11 now. So you, you were essentially a purple belt at seven. Or excuse me, at 11. Mm-hmm. Four years of experience? I mean, I had the four years of experience, but I know we like to associate belts to stuff, but it's, I've been it, doing it's, for it's difficult years. because you're let a kid. Me, let me have my glory. Once you grow into your, your body and you can start doing things, and jujitsu even more so, it's like your body and your physical attributes allow you to do certain things. You oh, know? Sure, sure. Uh, but the better thing to say is I've been training since I was seven. I had competed. I, I, I did well at the state level in Maine, which is not a high level tennis-wise, but 
I you were state, man. Come on, huh? like that's that's awesome. No, no. So anyway, but my coach was like, "Hey, I'll you wanna help out?" And I was flabbergasted. I was like, "No, I don't want to like like you teach me, and I don't want like no. You're gonna pay me f- to help you coach? paid. You got paid in an eleven year old. No, wink, wink. <laughs> you mean uh, uh, what's the term? Um. Scholarship, scholarship. Yeah, scholarship. Scholarship, there you go. Um, well, actually, in reality, so I haven't said this, but I'll, I guess I'll share it on the podcast. Say it. Because only three it's, you're, you're in, man. So you cannot do it. So you can't when I, it. Uh, I started playing tennis under a guy by the name of Eric Hartman, he came in and my mom worked at a local health food store in Maine, in Ellsworth, Maine, and he basically came and said, hey, I'm teaching tennis. You know, why don't you bring your son? So I came in and... He gave the typical kind of like, oh, you know, he's a, guy, he's a natural, you know, uh, you know, kind of, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I took lessons there, and it was all group lessons. Did, you get, like did your parents got sold? They got no. My parents were never. My parents were great in that regard. They never were. They just dropped me off. They never were there. They never. That was the best thing that I had is they they let me alone. Most parents are micromanaging their kids, and it's terrible. So I was very lucky that they... Interesting that you say that. I have something to say about that. So, I mean, it was funny to the point where I was like 17 or 18 and some coaches approached me, like approached my parents like, hey, do you want to roll them in this academy? And my mom was like, well, go talk to him. And they're like, really? what? Okay. So, I, you know, th- th- that, that's its own little story. But this guy, Eric Hartman, got me started. He left. A guy by the name of Fred, I don't know his last name, took over. There's also a guy by the name of Joe Haratunian that I took a few lessons from. There were a couple just tennis coaches in the area. Then the guy who I consider my tennis coach, I still talk to him on a weekly basis. He's Do you really? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. One of my close friends, he, uh, his name's Rusty Dyer, outstanding coach. That's a very coach name, by the way. Yeah, Rusty Rocket. I never called him Rusty Rocket. A lot of people did, but he came in. He moved into the area, which again... There's no tennis in Maine, but this guy was a very high-level coach. And tennis lessons, as you can imagine, are quite expensive. It's, it's, a, it's, entry, a, it's a rich person sport, you know. And most people are doing it at a country club. We don't have country clubs in Maine, but there was a... There was a kind of a tennis center there because you need indoor courts in Maine. An academy, of the you might say? No, it was not an academy. Okay. I would not say that. It was just... Anytime you have indoor courts, you've invested in tennis because it takes upkeep. Usually tennis courts are outside and you don't need to worry about weather and stuff. Anyway, because of, I don't even know the rationale, but I was sponsored by a local tennis association or the state association. Hold that train too, because I I, I have a question about the idea of sponsorship. So, I have many questions about sponsorship, but go on, go on. Okay. Who is that guy? So, so the going, the, the sort of like, the thing is Chris Boone fucking knows everybody. I know everybody. Um, there are probably more students who walk in the door who know who I am than who know the coaches they're signing up with, <laughs> which I guess I'm a coach now. I'm on the website. Um that's Carlos Mendez. He was one of my students at uh, ATT Winter Springs. 
So um, there was an ATT Winter Springs. I'm only aware of ATT. That's the one Long. I worked for, bro. Oh, good. Okay. Am, am I Keenaning it, like, bro? Bro. Well, that sounds better than saying literally and um all the oh, time. Uh, so that's good. Did, have we said? Have we? What's your? I mark? heard you say. Well, I've said um a couple times. But anyway, so that was Carlos Mendez, uh, green belt under John Sissio and Christopher Vu. Two, uh, two, two stripe purple belts. That's Awarding awesome. belts somehow. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know if you can, but, you know, it was with the blessing of Jose uh, Figueroa. Anyways, go on. That's awesome. Um, I just said it now. <laughs> Did you say it what? <laughs> I said, um. <laughs> um. I mean, you know. So. We're human. Where I was. So I got sponsored to take eight weeks of class free. You know, like they sponsored me. And. I wasn't really mindful of this, but I kept going in and training and going into training. And I'm sitting there thinking, I think the eight weeks has gone by, but everyone just keeps waving me through and, and doing nice. that. So what had really happened in the background was this guy, Rusty, who was a coach, I guess had taken a liking to me and he just, he coached me for free. I've never paid the guy in my entire life. Nice. And I've trained with him for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And like my legacy. When he, so when he asked me, and this was already happening, when he asked me at 12 to teach and he was going to pay me, it was a double whammy because I knew at that point he was not only giving me group lessons, but he was actually giving me private lessons for free. Nice. And then he's offering to actually Pay you compensate, to also yeah. compensate me with candy. Let's say, <laughs> you yeah, know. There we go. Yeah. So he put me out there with these kids. He convinced me, and I and, put me and out what age were they? They were like seven, eight. Okay, you know. But very quickly, I was dealing with high schoolers when I was twelve. At, at 12 year old, at twelve and thirteen. When I was thirteen, fourteen, I was dealing with parents, and they were asking me about. About were you the always five program. foot eleven or five foot ten or whatever? Were you? No, I was I was four foot ten or four <laughs> foot eleven. So, I mean, this this kind of really peels back a big part of like my my growth as a person because I was a very shy person when I was growing up. I was so shy to the point that I'd walk down my street and if there were kids playing in the street, I would go into the woods and circumnavigate them and then come out the other side. Really? That's how shy I was. But here you are. You'll talk to anybody. Did tennis save your life? Yeah. He really? Yeah. Awesome. In that man. respect, it did. So by him having me Hashtag coach, save your life. Save I life. had to deal with kids, deal with parents asking questions. And anytime you do anything for a period of time, you're going to get better at it. So by the time I was 17, when, by the time I was 18 and getting ready to go to college, by a bunch of circumstances and chance I ended up walking into one of the most prestigious tennis academies in the United States in Bradenton Florida IMG Academy and where in Bradenton Florida Bradenton that's over on the west coast west right? coast just north Tampa. of Sarasota okay and getting offered a job to be an assistant coach there which is not that big of a deal what do you mean that's not a big deal? It's not a big deal because... People are entrusting you to instruct but, but and help they were, improve they, their They have three to 400 kids coming there. They needed someone that could play tennis, and I was a guy getting ready to play in college, so they looked at me and was like, okay, this is some college dude. Like, 
we can throw them out there. A lot of the guys were guys in my situation, college players who trained at that academy before, got positions in college, and then came back and worked there in the summers to make some like that was the thing. So the guy asked me, "Have you done that? Have you taught tennis before?" And the, all and this talk, like, all this talk, did you? All this talk, I was like, like, "I've been doing this for eight years," like, <laughs> and I said it with a straight face. And I, I don't know. The guy didn't react anyway. But I'm thinking, like, who the fuck? Like, you're 18 and you say you've had eight years of experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, who the fuck? Then is you're this a guy? black belt, right? Like, that's literally so a black belt. I went out there. And I was off the races. I've always said I was a, I've achieved way more as a tennis coach than I have as a tennis player. So when I went to Spain after I graduated, what did I do in Spain for two years? I taught English. What did I do when I came back and I went to grad school? I was a teaching assistant. So without trying to fall into jobs of teaching, I've fallen into jobs of teaching. And, and teaching is a skill, right? Like being so I to, do, yeah. yeah, obviously you need to possess the knowledge of what you're doing, but teaching in general, there's some, it, it does carry over. So yes, I do like, I, I have to say I like teaching because I've always done it. I've awesome. never had an issue with it. So I think teaching also is like the ultimate in like, you know, you say in jujitsu, especially like check your ego at the door. It's like the ultimate in like checking your ego, right? Because you, like the ideal teacher, you want to train your replacements. If not that, like train the people who can beat you. Some right? people aren't like that. Like I know teachers that won't teach their students because they don't want the students to get better than them. But like, and that's that's the that ego, right? Like, ultimately. oh, absolutely. And like, because like we all train this art and stuff, and it's like. I think you have to approach it from like a very meta, which maybe because like the nerd in both of us do this is like, we approach it from the idea of like bettering the art, right? Like, because like I won't get better and we understand the idea of like scientific method where there's like experimentation and growth and peer review essentially, which is sparring like like the cream tends to rise to the top. And because of that, like the more knowledge that's passed on, shouldn't that make jujitsu better overall or tennis overall? Or the case so is, in, right? in my, in my case, I think selfishly, I enjoyed teaching jujitsu. So I didn't know what my thought was going to be when I was teaching it. Jujitsu or tennis? Jujitsu. Jujitsu. Okay. So like last week. Yeah. I wasn't sure what it was going to feel like. I enjoyed it. Selfishly, it was very beneficial for me and my jujitsu because I already was seeing connections that I wouldn't see okay. if I was just a student. They always say the best way to learn is to teach, right? So I would like to continue teaching just to be a better jujitsu practitioner. Also, to your point about making jujitsu better, I have the opinion that if I can share my, quote, secrets, all that is is I find that this works. Right. You know, I've had success doing this. If I can show that to people instead of, like, keep it secretive, then they will defend better against my attacks. And Which in doing forces. so, I have to get yes. better. So now the level is getting better. I've been contemplating. I've never brought this up with Paul. I don't think Paul listens to the podcast, so I don't no, care saying He doesn't it. give a fuck. But I would this. like to... I, I've been contemplating teaching a module-style class 
So I think for two months, we're like I would teach this two days a week or three days a week. And if you can't make it, tough shit, because I'm going to assume you can attend most classes and it's going to build. And I'd like to do, I've always, I've always come back to it. I want to teach some sort of leg locks class, like beginner leg lock defense and attacks. Because, I, would, I would take that class. Because I would, I want everyone to be, to protect. The goal with that is I want everyone to be safe so that if someone catches you, if you go to another gym and someone catches you in a leg lock, you identify it and you can tap before you get hurt. Yeah. And then in doing so, because I don't want to get cheap taps because I'm doing something the other person doesn't know. Like if you go with someone that doesn't know leg locks and you put them in honey hole and you tap them, are you better at jujitsu than that person? For in that position, yes. In that position, yes. But it's yeah. basically I want to eliminate that hole. Like I I don't I think but that, that's because you you're also approaching it from like no ego, right? Like because like ultimately we no all I think it's egotistical. If my training is partners it? get better, then I'm getting better. That's, that's an egotistical thing. Well, that's true. Like in a, in the most roundabout way, is that dude drinking a beer also while doing Muay Thai? <laughs> no, he's not. Okay, all right. It's just oh, it happens to be a blue bottle. I'm like. <laughs> Maybe we need to just make a BJJ and discussion and not BJJ embers. You're not done yet. Come on, man. I'm on my. I'm finishing up my second. These well, are yeah, my. These but are my. I'm going to be parting tonight as well. You, are you, really? you may or may not. Be. I will be because I will be at my brother-in-law's house and my sister's house. Who I'm pretty sure my brother-in-law might All be. Right, a well, I'll have a second alcoholic. one here. I'm, I'm. This one I'm finishing. Pass me whatever you think is acceptable. Um, so. Uh, that the red one's good, man. The old Fezziwig. Like okay. you know who old Fezziwig is, right? I do not. Are you fucking kidding me? I, You're so not white. <laughs> so like there so have you not read a Christmas carol or listened to it or seen a Christmas or list whatever. I have, but I don't watch it every So old Fezziwig is like the rich dude who A Chris Carol a Christmas Carol or a Christmas story. Christmas Carol. Okay, the old school. Three The ghosts. old school yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge. It's when Scrooge was actually in our point in life now where like he's he's like deep in his career and he's like only focused on, he's like the Gen Xer, right? Like focused on making fucking money and blah blah blah. I'm a millennial bitch. Yes. Yeah, so I I I'm I'm millennial, relax. I'm like okay. the top end of that. So he's like, fuck that. I'm worried about my career. What is this bullshit? Everybody's stopping and like spending a day. Like these are like opportunity costs. I should be like earning money right now, right? Like, who is this fucking old man? He's an idiot, old Fezziwig. And he's throwing like, a Christmas party for all of his employees, right? And Ebenezer Scrooge is looking at him, like, scoffing. Oh, yeah. I have, actually have two uh, fist packs, so choose the horse one. I'm just getting my can opener here. Um, bottle my opener. bottle opener. Yes, it's the horse one. It's, it's the, oh, for my, good. yeah, um, it's, a, it's a fist pack. Or actually a bottle opener, excuse me, for anybody who's TSA out there. Um, so, old Fezziwig's the dude who, like, threw a party for okay, Ebenezer Scrooge. this is Scrooge. way better. Which one's that? That's a, the Are Sam. you kidding me? No, it's not way better, but I, that, after a heavy beer, I wanted something a little yeah, lighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, this I appreciate the, it's having... It's a better source of calories. Refreshing you, lager. Hey, man, I need the calories. I'm yeah, when, when did you eat last? I ate breakfast. Okay, fair and enough. I had a big protein shake when, before I went to bed. So you're not, like, an intermittent faster? I try not to be, man. I I burn through fucking calories like crazy. I'm always really? probably calorie deficient. So you really? So I mean, I I'd like to be at that point again. Yeah. Um, hashtag Team Dad Bod. <laughs> um, 
Really? I, I so you eat you you eat three meals a day. I'm like Uriah. I don't know if I, I don't know if it was an Ultimate Fighter or an Up Close, but I remember Uriah Faber complaining about how hard it was to maintain weight. He would always drop weight. Yeah, I, I, okay. I identified with that. I'm not saying I'm as good as Uriah Faber at anything in terms of uh, martial to be arts. 34 again, but 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 yeah, I have to. I have to. Eating becomes a job for me to actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I I I remember that when I was like 165. I'm exactly 165. Are you really? Oh, yeah. give yourself a couple of years, bud. Okay. <laughs> um, those those cheese curds add up quick. Um, uh, but old Fezziwig was the guy who like wanted to bring joy to Ebenezer Scrooge's life. He's like, hey, you need to enjoy life and share with others. You know, like I've worked hard for this and I should give back. Okay, so that's old Fezziwig ale is one of Sam Adams's. Gotcha. Like, you know, so it's it's a delicious beer, by the way. But that's also not what you're drinking, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's irrelevant at this point. Um, I, I'm 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 amazed at the um, amount of love for jujitsu. That be, can be conveyed from vastly different life experiences, because like I was, I was elaborate a, on that because I'm not. So like you, you know, you you're approaching your love for jujitsu and that like really trying to further the art by way of your experiences in like teaching tennis, right? Like, and I approached it from like many many years. I got my black God, I don't even know in taekwondo at what age I was and stuff because I like try to keep that in the closet. But like I'm a third good black belt, and and thanks Alan for like totally letting everything out. Um, but like I I had to teach quite a few classes and stuff too. Like uh, like I was like the Friday night teacher when I was doing taekwondo and stuff. And like and I've carried that forward to like jujitsu because I understand the value of like rising tides lift all ships, right? Like as my students at the time get better, like that forces me to get better as well. Um, that's cool. That 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 like transcends. It should excuse me, transcend all sports and all arts. Like, um, so I like, think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a lazy mentality and a cheap mentality to think I'm going to hoard knowledge in order to win. Like it's very short sighted, right? Because that's purely based on you. Yeah. Like, which I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like for competition purposes, I get it. Nah, man, I, I, I'm, I, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'm a little too headstrong or arrogant or stubborn, but I'd much rather tell you I'm going to do this and then do it and see if you can stop me. Ooh, thank be, you, Hicks and Gracie. Then try to be like, I'm going to invent some technique you haven't seen before. So that's, that's interesting because like, that's a Hicks and Gracie thing, right? Like his philosophy about jujitsu was like, I'm going to tell you I'm doing this. You're going to know before I tell you I'm going to do this. And there's nothing you can do to stop Ultimately, it, right? you like, get to that point. The thing with jujitsu is there's so many fucking techniques. I don't think you'll ever get to that point. Don't you think so, though? I mean, like, there is I mean, that maybe, mythology maybe, floating around. Maybe they'll happen, because I actually watched... Uh, I, I think I told you I was watching the first Craig Jones instructional on leg locks. Okay, like down under... Yeah, down on yeah, down under. And I was looking at some of the stuff he he showed, and I've already seen the guy who gave his black belt, Lachlan, kind of contradict some of that stuff. Like not all of it, but like it, some but of that's it, because Lachlan's exiting the system, right? But my point is, I guess my point is, is stuff's already becoming uh, deprecated. 
well deprecate i'm using i'm using a software engineering term it's deprecated it's it's already hmm. it's already being it identified as not ideal not like ideal already, or just not we ideal. found more efficient ways to do it like don't do it this way we found a better way to do it but that's the thing right because like that's the idea of exiting the system in general it's sort of like the idea i mean like i'm amazed that you even asked me about close guard because it's sort of generally accepted that i'm like I'm the close guard guy, right? Like because I you're the only guy that fucking does close guard. I'm literally the only person in this gym that does. Yeah. I, I agree, right? Like it's everything. To You'll me be proud of me guard. though. I, I kept citing you. Well, you wouldn't be proud that I kept dropping your name. Don't do that. No, well, um, I, I, as I, long I, as you don't say. Well, actually, as long as you do say black belt Chris Vu. <laughs> that's the only. <laughs> no, thing that I, so I the the great the good thing I was very fortunate that I was able to do fundamentals back to back days because I hate one off classes and I was able to. I hope, I hope correct yeah. what I messed up the day before because I did not like how my first fundamental class went. But I was teaching a back take from close guard. And I really, the back take from close guard for me was secondary. I just wanted people to have their hips Heavy. off the ground yes. and on their people's laps yes. and know that an objective for you that will get you started in a lot of different situations in most attacks and sweeps is bring your hit, bring your knees to your eyes and break them down. Yes. Or make them bear your weight and create an angle. Yeah. That's, that's, it, so it I just want to give yeah, them, a, like, just give, and then of course I gave them a back take because that what happens, you break them down, you, Obviously, you have to break a grip. And, it's sort of like the ultimate in like, like you, this sort you of break like their center line. Yeah, yeah. You break their center line. You break them down. You take their back. You could go into umaplatas. You go into all that. But I wanted them to get that because everyone I saw had their fucking butt cheeks on the ground. On the ground, yeah. That's what everybody does. And and they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I yeah. that was the thing I was hoping to get, and I, I think I structured things a little better the second time around that I was able to emphasize that a little better and not confuse them with going over too many different things no and you're adding to it right like that's good like yeah. that's that's also a i still of want that curriculum up on the fucking whiteboard what the, the well, paul rodriguez i'm calling I mean, your there ass is out the even they hey, don't I'll listen have to this. It. i i will have it by the the weekend i promise you if we have that curriculum a weekly curriculum up on the whiteboard anyone can come in and teach it that's interesting too right because like and so everyone was, can teach their own slant but the the students can come in but the common denominator should be the same right like because principles are principles regardless oh absolutely and i think that's one of the beauties of i think i think seminars are good for blue belts i don't think they're really good for white belts seminars yeah because you don't know what you don't know right like you don't know what you don't know and you don't know enough to really apply understand like i, I yeah. think it's cool like I, one of the coolest classes i learned I, I had when i was at this iceland camp was a levers class it was called levers or levers 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 was it british folks and this guy steve o'keefe who i'm i'm i consider myself a an acquaintance of his Nice guy. He actually came and trained here once. Yo, he's the, he's the photo. He's, he's a guy who nice, came and nice, trained. Awesome. He trained. It was cool. Unfortunately, I had just bruised my ribs, so I couldn't roll. So oh. I was fucking pissed. God damn it, Jamie. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, too. <laughs> but he taught a class called Levers, and he showed six disparate techniques that 
all involved a lever concept. What I belt? thought it was awesome. What belt was he? Black belt. Okay. Oh, he's a black belt. Cool. Uh, and he he's a head instructor at, at a gym in at Checkmat. Oh, in, right. in, in England, in London. Good guy. MMA fought Conor McGregor. Really? Yeah. In Cage Warriors or something? He lost to Conor, but he beat Artem. Really? There you go, man. Nine and three. Oh, I think. man. Got, yeah. So he's like a. <laughs> fuck that guy because he beat an SVG guy, but awesome. So. <laughs> so I love SVG. He taught, a, he taught a really good class. It's actually online. So if you look for Iceland 2019 levers, you'll probably find his nice. class. So check Are it out. Are you the UK? Is that why? You're just plugging yourself. I'm plugging him. I'm, okay. No, I'm not in that. I'm, okay, you're not. I might right, be in the background, enough. but I'm not the. I'm not like a training partner. Speaking but, of which, BJJ Glo- or who is that one blue belt lady who randomly shows up in our classes every so often? Like once every like two months. She's oh, I know who you're belt. talking about. I, know I don't know what her about. name is. I saw her in an SBG camp video. Really? Yeah, like the one up. There's, there was one like because you know I love SBG, right? Like. Between Paul and like SBG, like they're the foundation of my jujitsu, and now dinner, um, I saw her like front and center, like watching a seminar. In, no kidding. Uh, online, yeah, I'll, have to, I'll send the clip of that. But anyways, wow. go on. Um, so Sean O'Keefe showing levers. Not Sean, Steve O'Keefe. Steve O'Keefe. Sean, I just made you up. <laughs> so, but he, his, his, so his levers twin were brother. the first lever I've seen before. We've all probably seen it. It's armbar from no half no guard, no um half classic half guard sweep. Classic half guard. You sweep. when you get when you dive under and gather the leg, you gather the foot and pull it toward you. That's a lever. Fair enough. Okay. All right. right. And then all right, he showed a way to break down a person when you're on their back, but you only have one hook and not two hooks. And it when involves you're on your back. No, excuse me. You're on uh, your opponent is turtled. You're on their back. You okay. have one hook, but not the second hook. Okay. So and you I actually, imagine it's near side you hook. find a lever. You actually use your foot and lever there at their ankle. Back okay. and most of the levers were you attack their foot or you their ankle to, and to yeah. make their knees parallel, I Correct. imagine. Okay. Yeah. This, I'm, I'm seeing common denominators yeah, already. All but right. what was cool is he did that from there. He that. did he did it from butterfly. He did a cool entry from two ways, from butterfly, from a failed butterfly sweep into a honey hole using that. He did it from a shin on shin. And he, and he showed really cool, a really cool concept in a bunch of different positions. That I don't think a white belt could appreciate. No, I think I think that's like honestly, even a purple belt is just beginning to understand that because I feel as like white and like up to high level blue, you're worried about techniques, whereas like high level blue, purple, that's where you really start to understand like the why and the physics behind things. what that did immediately for me, obviously there are a couple cool entries and I've tried to do the entries, but more than anything is I'm more cognizant of when I'm grabbing, I won't grab the shin. I'll grab, the if I can, the toes yeah, the, yeah. and yank on the toes. You're and it's amazing. lever, right? And it's a, and exactly. And it sounds silly because I've seen these videos with these guys talking about levers and this and that. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, are you guys trying to sound like like but it's extra, physics, right? But like, it's true. It's There's literally th- I'm it's starting physics. to get it and appreciate it now where I, I didn't appreciate it at first. Now I'm starting to appreciate it. So my, my whole point with that story was I like classes like that 
but I don't think they would work in a fundamental setting. In a fundamental setting, really, you, I, I, I disagree a hundred percent though. Because I don't think they, I don't think they. You need to know, you need to have done it, tra- quote traditionally, Just and not been the shown movement. the connection, and then be shown the connection. Interesting, because otherwise, you get too. I don't disagree with you that hey guys, levers, grab the end of the lever. That's important. But it's almost like it's almost like learning mathematics and arithmetic by hand, and then you then you get the calculator to appreciate the calculator. You'll appreciate okay, the enough. calculator more when you've done the arithmetic, and you're like, "Well, this takes forever." And now I can just do it on a calculator. Whereas if you just get given with the calculator, you don't understand what you're coming from. Okay. So if you know the half guard sweep, and you probably did it with a good lever. But then that lever part gets highlighted. Now you're going to appreciate that component of it. And I fucking saw Paul teach, uh, you know, a knee cut, just a knee slice to kids. And I was noticing things that either he never showed me or I missed. And I'm like, there are a lot of damn good details in there. So every technique, that's the thing. My biggest thing with going back to the teaching is I... I'm always going to preface it with like, this is a decent way to do it. There are always other ways and people might change it and I might change it in the future, but I'm going to try and stick to what I know, but there's so much. I, I would be an asshole and a liar if I claim to know, I know how it is because jujitsu is so amorphous right now. It's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. It's constantly better. And it also depends on the person, you know, like I, I, yeah. I hate claiming something. I just, I prefer presenting things as, and that going back to the leg lock ideas, like I'm just going to say, look, I want everyone to be safe. I want to show you some basic principles. I want to show you some basic entries, some basic defenses, some basic concepts. It's all subject to change in the next year. If you know, because I don't know inside, I don't know outside Senkaku like Lachlan Giles does, and I know there's all this new shit that people are doing, you know. And that's the thing but that's it's kind not of new shit. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think ultimately systems based approach to it, right? I like, think I think ultimately jujitsu comes down to being very good at concepts and yes. then improvising, right. knowing your concepts. So you do the because technique, but thing, you don't right? remember like, the technique. It's sort of like the idea of, and I know you like this guy, and now I, I know I've always liked this guy, is like the the grilled chicken guard. Oh, yeah, Prit. Right, like Prit, um, yeah, SPP, Pre, yeah. you know. Now you like I, him. I'm pretty sure the original, <laughs> the originators of the term tribe, actually. Oh, really? Ooh, maybe I can get some affiliation action going. Get like dual affiliation. Does that work in jiu-jitsu? Or does like... I don't know how that works. It's like a double. It's like I have a, I have a dual citizenship. Yeah, I have exactly. a passport to him. I mean, like we literally call ourselves tribe martial arts. Um, so like Pritt, right? Like his his thing is there are certain concepts that work with the grilled chicken guard, right? Like elbows to knees, knees and elbows to chest, right? Like that just produces a good guard, right? And you had mentioned this earlier, actually, I think a couple of days ago, the idea that you had learned some random thing at like your... your uh, seminal that you went to and you tried it on Paul and he immediately shut it down. Right. And you had said like, Oh, it's not so much that Paul has encountered that situation many times, but it's just a matter that he understands concepts that apply to most situations for most positions. 
right? Like, so is that, that's the ultimate in learning jujitsu, I feel, right? Because like, um, not to toot myself, but actually Derek. Toot uh, yourself. I will. Black Belt Chris Vu says this. Um, Derek uh, Hudeberg, who's, who's now a brown belt under Dylan, who's also a, a black belt under Paul. I trained with him yesterday. Did you? Dylan was in here yesterday. Dylan, yeah. Dylan was here? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Gumby? Yeah. Did you try to stretch shit and it didn't work? No, I mean, we, I, I, only, I only got one or two one-minute rounds. We were starting he's on got, our feet. He's got very good jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it was fun to work with him. Very, very fun. Oh, he, he, he also knows... He, he tried to do a funky wrist lock on me, and I asked him about it, and then he told me that he used to train Japanese jiu-jitsu back yeah, in the day, which was almost quasi-aikido. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, it was interesting. Uh, it was... Um, it I, I it felt like an esteem lock on my on my hand. I was like, "What are you doing, he's, <laughs> dude?" He's uh, he and I share quite a few very similar views about the tradition that should be involved in jujitsu. But it was fun to have him out there. For oh sure. yeah, he's awesome. So like Derek's a, a brown belt under him, and when Derek was a green belt as a student at Winter Springs, and I was a, a high level purple belt, and I was teaching classes there, he actually said to me, "He's like Chris, like he's like you don't know this, but." you're one of the more influential instructors to me because um, you are very, very deeply into the idea that you don't believe in technique, you believe in principles, right? And I, I remember this class specifically, now I think back to it, is I taught the idea of passing guard, which is this is a, a very SPG approach, is that all guard passes have five similar principles. You want a beer? Get in here, get in here. Dude. It, Paul Black Belt Chris Vu says you need to have a beer with us. There's some ten. There's some ten. And then he grabs a beer. There's some ten percenters in the fridge in the in the cooler, which you'll appreciate more probably. Um, you need a bottle opener. <laughs> He's got the But um, <laughs> that's right. So I mean, like, and Derek said, like, man, like, ever since you you pointed that out, everybody tends to teach in techniques. And like, but you pointed out the concepts of like opening the guard, controlling the legs controlling the hips, blocking out the hips and locking down the upper body. He's like, I've always approached jujitsu that way from the moment you pointed that out to me. Right. So like, I feel as an instructor, it's important to teach, teach technique, right. But like, you really need to teach the underlying principles as to why each technique works. And when you can do that effectively for all techniques, that's when you're truly teaching jujitsu. Well, students. and I think that's why teaching makes you a better jujitsu practitioner. Because in my head, I'm thinking about why am I telling them this? Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, that's when it connects the dots for me. So as uh, this wasn't actually a teaching thing, but I just had a realization in the blue belt curriculum. Rather, to get your blue belt, one of the techniques you're required to know, as of now, always subject to change, is what we call the tripod pass. It's a half guard pass where you tripod up and pass their guard right. from half guard. The first thing you're taught to do is put your head on the other side. So you're in a traditional, you're well, not in Z guard. Be, you, you, have your your underhook, you have your yeah. underhook, you have a cross face, and you put your head on the other side. And I never thought to why we do that. You just do that. And then I realized that's preventing deep half. Yes. That realization, granted, didn't come from teaching, but those are the kind of realizations that go a long way, I think, to improving someone's jujitsu. Because if you know concepts, then you, you don't have to remember. You don't have to exactly on the, on the fly. 
your decision making is based on core concepts that shouldn't let you down unless oh, there's some rare so you say this right Unless there's some rare counter, of course. I mean, like interceptions to every rule, but sure. like if you play the percentages. But I think if I think anyone that's well rounded, you can you can expect. I think realistically, if you go 100% concept based, you'll probably still not be the best grappler. But if you know concepts along with, I think most with common positions is what matters. If you know, because I think, for example, the over under position, if someone's trying to pass you, comes up enough that you should kind of know how to handle that situation and yes. not be strictly concept-based. So I think, I think, it, really, I think if we kind of establish what common positions are, deep half, half guard, Z guard, close guard, double underpass, these kind of things, that will give you a good basis of defense and, and specific counters to things. And then the concept stuff carries you through you go into a new gym where people do all this weird shit you've never seen before, but guess what? You hold up okay because you have the concept. And I think that's what ultimately allows. Like students, I think, especially with most learning models, people tend to look for this like technique versus technique idea, right? Like it's this purely heuristic-based thing. If you sort of like understand, and Paul pointed out today, and I realize now because I apply it to my game, I didn't realize I do it until Paul pointed out today is like the idea of regarding and the reason why he actually pointed out where he said most people, if you're high, they'll get their foot in and they'll make their frame with their foot to be able to shove you away, essentially just kick you away on that regard. Like that's a failure on everybody who's trying to pass because I can do that to basically everybody. Right. If and you have good hip flexibility, it, it 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 gives you a bigger window to do it. But this at the end true. of the day, the passer should be removing the space, so that's impossible. Exactly, for you right? To do. Because they like when you're attacking, you're you're hoarding Correct. space, and when you're defending, and, and to what you said, I don't know if we, I don't even remember at this point, but I think you might even mention it was a, it, we're guilty of my, almost being too nice to our partners. Yes, so we don't pressure in right, right, right. and eliminate that space because guess what? If we're eliminating all that space, we're no longer supporting our own weight. Our opponent is supporting the weight. weight. Yeah. So like, and that's funny that Paul said like, oh, you know, like, oh, they'll just put your, and you mentioned it a moment ago, like, oh, they'll just put your foot on, their foot on your shoulder and just shove you away. And Paul said like, oh, they'll get some sort of like a, like a lazy, not a, a or like a half like lasso in, right? A shallow like, and I realized, lasso. A shallow lasso. I realized I'm like, I literally do that all the time. Yeah, you've right? done that because, to me. Yeah, I do. It, it, it's literally, it's sort of, and that's why Paul recommends that I start trying to play with the Lebo guard a little bit more is because that lends itself perfectly to people not pressure passing properly, right? So, like, that's the idea of jujitsu, and that's what's awesome, right? Like, because now, and I've been actually, probably in the past month and a half, I've been making it a conscious, I've been making a conscious effort to work on that Lebo guard. Well, that makes sense. So if because you can't I'm so re- if you good can't, at regaining if, that. If you that, can't reach the shoulder with your foot, go to their bicep with your foot to create and, the space right and because then you and, then, gra- and then grab the cuff and now you've got a lebo yep. guard so now you have a lebo guard so like paul recommended that's me six months ago and i was like ah that fucking gimmicky bullshit right and like literally now that i've been experimenting with now more, that you're a black belt i know i, know, I started think? as a brown belt um probably about two three weeks ago i was like you know what i'm gonna take that to heart and i'm gonna play with it more it's because he saw the concepts that I'm good at and he's like, you should apply it to this sort of thing to see what you can play with, right? So like I'm gonna make it now as a black belt because I've I'm showdown over the cases, right? Like 
I have a little more freedom to try to come up with a little bit more of my own stuff and try to, try to play with it, right? Then I'm going to try to honor Levo. And I'll, give I'll, back to jiu-jitsu. Contribu- What's honor, your contribution uh, to yeah, jiu-jitsu? Ooh, you know, the, the Vugard? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would just be butt scooting all the time. But but that's like that's the beauty of jujitsu, right? Like when you start understanding these like these minor little like nuances of how to apply certain concepts, like that's where I think the creativity ends, um, or, or begins really, and and you can you can really create your own jujitsu that's beyond the regular jujitsu. I mean, my big thing is I'm finding that I like playing de la Hiva, but I do way better with people that pressure into me than people that circle. When people circle, I'll actually let my feet get too far away from my from my body, and they actually pass me. If if a guy puts all their weight and on it's me, it's interesting that you even understand that because I'm not sure most people even recognize why that's happening. Well, no, I, I go with certain people, and there's certain people that pass my guard a lot quicker than other people. Right, and I'm realizing that. So now my big thing, I'm big thing this week is. I don't know if it's butterfly, I don't know if it's chin on chin, I don't know if it's just coming up for a single, but sitting up. Yes. Being more proactive to sit up. And potentially give up a leaping guillotine. I'm always worried about people grabbing my neck because I have a very chokeable neck. I don't, ha- I don't have like a I've very I've never stuck- actually measured your neck to throat <laughs> I know, but I feel like my neck is very chokeable. <laughs> so I don't want to... I don't want to give my neck up, but I don't want to keep falling back. And but from an MMA perspective, though, like because jujitsu is all about fighting at the end of the day, I think you need to protect your neck. So the, there's something to that falling back, right? Yeah, and and going to like a technical. I mean, I, I I think I can I can sit up and still protect my neck in most cases. And if but a guy goes you, for yeah, it, sitting up and attacking is yes. the key. And I think a lot of it's just sitting up and going for singles because I don't have a shit on shit. I know shit on shit. I know shit on shit. I don't know shit on shit, but I'm comfortable with shit on shit. This Watch is not shit on shit. Uh, VGJ Scout breakdown of Michelle Nicolini. Michelle Nicolini? Yeah. Okay. It's really good. It's like a two-part series of shit on shit with Spider. Okay. I, I, I'm just, I don't do a lot of shit on shit because I'm an outside control person, not an inside control person. You would do well with Shin on Shin because it's all predicated on like sweeping that way. Yeah, and I, I'm very I'm at this point in time in my journey, I'm just I'm probably whatever. most comfortable in single leg X. Really? Oh yeah. That's so cool of you. I, <laughs> Shout no, out to Cole. <laughs> no, I'm probably the most comfortable there and I can go to X and other stuff. But I I, I do like to leave it. It's funny. I actually I'll pat myself on the back. I remember a year ago, I fucking hated De La Hiva. I I was thinking, how does anyone hold guard? Like, how does anyone maintain their guard in De La right, right. Because you're like, oh, I'm like... I was thinking... They're, close, pa- they're half past your body already. They're right? half past my body. And, and, in, and I was used to... I, my concept of guard a year ago was closed guard where you can hold a person. Yes. Delhiva, you can't hold a person. You have to constantly. Yeah, it's a very active guard. It's a very active yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah. It's you're working yeah. now. What I'm realizing is you're actually working less than the person on top. Yeah, because so you're constantly off balancing. You're, you, yeah. So there's an advantage, but you can't just neutralize. That's why I like single leg X because I can actually stall and like any guard where I can stall, I like because I think you're controlling the person. When I did my leg lock class, how about that? I actually, I emphasized 
overhooking when you go into honey hole, overhooking the secondary leg, as Dan Aher would say. Because ninety percent of the resistance comes from the secondary <laughs> leg, you might say. But if you hold that, like a person's really hard pressed to get out of that. Yeah, because your body weight's on top of the yeah, attack they, they, leg, and then the, so yeah, yeah. I like I like positions of control where I can gather my thoughts. Delahiva doesn't let you do that. No. Yeah. Delahiva is you have to constantly be doing that. But I'm actually, once I learned and Paul did a great section on it about Delahiva maintenance and open guard maintenance, where when they do this action and reaction, I, I love Delahiva. The thing is, is Delahiva works when the person comes into my guard. If this person stays f- too far away, now suddenly I want to go into Delahiva, but I'm stretching my legs away from my body yeah, and, and they then can just they stay leg drag and, yeah. or they Toriana me and I'm like, fuck my life. And I'm turtling and then they take my back and we're off to the races. So I do, that's my new thing is I want to try sitting up, some butterfly. So I kind of would like to learn some butterfly now. Can we pause real quick? I got to pee. Yeah. And we're back from the bathroom break. Yeah, that was oh, that was twenty four ounces. Well, well, let go. Okay. Um, I mean, it was literally twenty four ounces. Um, so, you're gonna sit up more. That's good. Yeah, and when during your bathroom break, I was actually asking Paul, and my first idea, he said, "Well, someone's passing low and strong, like you said," because I was asking about. Yeah, you my can't sit up shoulder. there, right? Like, yeah. Bottom line is, I'm probably getting. The mistakes I'm making are happening one or two steps before yeah, that situation. Yeah, it's like the one whole, of those um, things. Is that the whole? I mean, not to quote Matt Thornton too much, but like he's like I've got. Did a you magic say game. Macklemore? Uh, Matt Thornton. Oh, Matt Who's Thornton. The, I heard Macklemore. Yeah. Like, to quote Macklemore, <laughs> like this, I, I actually don't even know Macklemore songs, the lyrics of them. But Matt Thornton talks about like his magic eight ball of um, jujitsu, where like basically all of like the little answers are our better hip movement. He's like, oh, oh really? you know, like I'm not finishing my triangle. If you shake the magic eight ball, what's the answer? Better hip movement. You know, I'm like getting my guard pass a lot. Like shake the eight ball. It's probably magic hit, or better hip movement. Um, so probably you're, you're getting your hips locked down early, right? Because to even get your legs stapled to the mat, right? Like that means you're, you're letting him control your hips early on because like, at that point he's technically on a five point guard pass. He's at step three. Right, so you're defending late, not even early. Oh yeah, this is all late, and and that's where I think I'm okay with Delahiva if I can establish stuff. But once guys are backing off, I can't just be fishing. Yes, for entries. Yeah, you like, need to I be need, creating I need, entries. I, yeah, I need to I need to sit up and and essentially make good contact. Right, right. right. And that's where I'm not. And I'm like letting them make contact with Kazushi, me. Kazushi, get that Kazushi going, and try and get that. Maybe I'm going to do the the shoulder crunch. Ooh, Sumagaishi. Yeah, Everyone's oh. doing that. I watched a Galval video on that last night. I really liked it, actually. The shoulder crunch or just the He general? called it the shoulder crunch, but it's the same thing. But it, it, it looked like a butterfly sweep it's, with it's, that. It's a butterfly sweep. But I like that position appears extremely strong, and it doesn't appear to be a strength-based move, just like well, I mean, when like, we're in close guard. Yeah, I, I think of yeah. close guard when you, think guard. you do the over... When yeah. you're in close guard... And we talk about getting into, it's not an overhook per se, because you actually don't want to fish your arm all the way through, but you, you're essentially holding, you're under your own thigh. You're under your own thigh? So it's a way to 
overhook without actually fully overhooking the guy's arm. So think about our the punch block series. The what? The oh, punch I see. block yeah, yeah. series okay, we I have see. in our. I, I know what you're talking about. Basically, old school. It's at the beginning of like the. Uh, but what you end up doing is I you, think Sanjay calls it the side guard or something. Like that. You're on your side. You're actually under your. You're in. You're under your thigh. Your own thigh. Yeah. And again, we're just continuing. And okay. you've got a. You've got basically kind of a a gable grip over yeah, your yeah, shoulder, yeah, and it's locked in place. Okay. So, is what this is like a new podcast? Or no, no, it's just same thing. Man. We had a bathroom break. break. Intermission, bro. Ooh. Digital, man. We can we can pause. Yeah, there's no wasted tape here. Ah. And we're actually talking about jujitsu. I've always wanted to have a podcast where we talk about jujitsu technique, and we've never talked about <laughs> technique. We've always talked but about. The, is it, the but there's something to be it. that's that requires like a a visual part of it. I know everyone's I mean, listening, and we're moving. Our, I'm moving my hands around and. People are listening in their cars driving from... But that's a failure on your part because you're not describing it properly. Pro- well, if we had a good vocabulary for all the different positions, then they I would understand. you could, though, right? Oh, I mean, shut uh, the fuck up. Shut the front door, bro. Shut the front door. <laughs> We're already explicit tag, so let's keep going. So I, um, I, like, I like these shoulder lock concepts. It seems cool. It seems very viable. And it seems something that would probably be useful for me because I like... Uh, I don't know. I like I like leverage. I like I like. It's nice finding moves that are technique based, that are leverage based. That a smaller because my problem is with guys that are heavier than me. Most of the guys in the gym that I have trouble with are bigger than. And me. And that's where okay. So to to go back to Brian McKenzie, remember on oh yeah, Drunken Ramblings Volume Nine, I think mm-hmm. it was. Like we, he's like he he's trying to get all like philosophical, right? And none of us were having it. Because it was something that he and I were discussing. What are you over. saying? Like, what's the best? What's the most the pure- powerful sweep? Right? Is that? I mean, like, so now Danaher's talked about it. I know he downloaded the fucking the Sumagashi or whatever. Sumagashi, which is just a butterfly, like elevator sweep, right? Is is it? Can it be argued that? And and so, I was experimenting with today because like. I think Steve Wynn actually pointed out to me, he's like, I hate your left foot butterfly because it's so like invasive. Like it's just, it's always there. Right? I feel like you guys were having a conversation. Like I watched you guys roll. I was like, Victor, look at these guys roll. Like they're like having a conversation about philosophy right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like well, the, 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 the moves were happening very slowly and there's a lot of pausing and, yeah, and just like breakdown. Yeah. Hmm. But, but Meanwhile, everyone else yeah. was beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah. And I was, so again, this is not even a white belt thing. It seems like everyone's got something. I don't know if sprinkled in the water, but everyone's going fucking hard. I think it's just like... We're- Carl, you were going with AJ and fucking Muay Thai rules. Like, you guys were standing up with Muay Thai cinches. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I think it was A was close to promotion, right? We're a week out at this point. And we're B, after the- promotion. This is the wind down. The thing, this like, is the wind like, down. Everyone's going to prove their stripes. They're like, I'm going to defend these stripes and defend <laughs> my new belt and all that bullshit, right? <laughs> so, like, that's, that's, that's the thing. But, like, so I was. Like, I was watching so many people get enraged on the mats. Oh, really? It was ridiculous. Like, yeah, like, Jamie and I usually, like, super chill roll. Like, Jamie was like. Jamie's a low key schizo. I'm calling oh, you out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and the, he the amount of times that, I've been kicked in the head by him. He and complains Victor. about other schizos, but you're a low key schizo. Oh, yeah, I'm calling you out. Yeah, right like, now. That's why Chihuahua. I love Chihuahua, and I want him to come back and tap your ass out again because that was the oh, best it's thing ever. It's like it's like so like there's like the voo look of apathy when it comes to rolling, like just my utter boredom. Like Jamie is directly responsible for like my voo look of disdain. 
<laughs> of like him and Victor. I can picture it now. Me and like Viet is doing his fucking slow ass, like super mega pressure. I've passing. never rolled with Viet. Oh, dude. Like, so like there's something to that rock climber. And Viet like, is a purple belt when he left. He's a right? purple belt. Yeah. I mean, realistically, brown belt. Um, super strong isometric strength. Grips are incredible. She's a rock climber. Um, there's that carryover, right? And like me and him are doing our fucking crazy slow ass Vietnamese roll. And like Victor uh, Guzman, who's another got like another throwback, another throwback, right? And Victor Guzman and fucking Jamie are both defending their own honor for whatever reason it is. And they're fucking going bananas like they're little tiny Latino like whirlwind of shit. And they're fucking kicking us in the head. And I just look at them like, what the fuck, guys? Like, just chill out. And so, um, yeah, Jamie's got that little bit in Oh, him. dude. Oh, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Um, when somebody, tr- when what somebody was that guy's tries name him a little that went bit. really hard? Hang on. Victor, who was that guy's name that went really hard with JB the one time? With JB or Jamie? Wipeout, Hispanic. Carlos. 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 Carlos who? Remember, it was his name, Carlos, right? Carlos. So I don't With know how JB? Gonna, I don't know how this is going to come on audio. But so this is, I'm like my first or second week at the gym. I'm stretching. Okay. Muay Thai. They're sparring. Oh, my God. Okay. Carlos is a short... Very energetic, Hispanic dude. Okay. okay. When I first rolled with him, he managed to, within two seconds, kick me really hard in the leg. Like, he is <laughs> comedically schizo. Com- yeah, comedically schizo. Like, he, like, Gramby rolled, like, right into my face somehow. Like, <laughs> he is comically schizo. And he's a good dude. Is he, he, just, is he still here? No, he's not. Oh, I haven't yeah, seen I him. Like, like, I haven't seen him. Thanks, JB. So, he goes with JB. And they're and they're just sparring, and he's fucking going ape shit with JB. And again, if everyone knows JB, then you know who I'm talking about. If you don't know who JB is, JB is a badass. Yeah, he's. I mean, like <laughs> he's six four. He's done a lot of Muay Thai. He's had professional fights. Incredible he's grappler. Yeah. He's he's the yeah, all he's the real deal. Like, yeah, yeah, like okay. like legit. He should awesome. be a black belt. Uh, he's a four stripe brown belt. He probably just needs to get back to Washington and get get promoted by his, his right, from beta academy yeah 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 anyway where and, i'd like to train so he point. so carlos is outweighed by at least 40 or 50 pounds and is giving up eight inches you know <laughs> oh. to jb and he's just going fucking bananas and jb <laughs> this has got to be on video jb is like in his mind he must be thinking like all right that's it so then he he throws a couple stiff jabs and starts walking Carlos down. Oh my god. Carlos is And I don't even like he got tagged a few times and Carlos is like that's right, B. Like, come on, let, let's just throw down, man. He starts banging his butt. Oh like, that's my just god. The, he's like So then Car, uh, He's like the last JB, 10 seconds yeah, of the UFC JB fight. JB begins and- to walk him down the entire mat and off the mat with a flurry. Carlos's mouthpiece goes flying out of his mouth. JB does not stop. <laughs> so I watched from one end of the mat all the way to the other. And he gets the fucking shit kicked and punched out of him. I bet you he loved every minute. Oh, he loved every oh, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the it was thing. fucking hilarious. That was my second week. I was like, damn, bro. 
<laughs> so I don't know what I, I forget where the context of the, where we're coming from that, but that was one of my earliest memories here at the Academy of people going fucking bananas. Yeah, I haven't seen that guy Carlos. I think he was working at Taco Bell or something at the time. Or oh man, you know he's a nice guy. You know, but yeah, that whole that whole class, so like, like Viet and so stuff, like those guys, Victor Guzman. They were all on their way out as I was on my way in. Oh man, like I so, wish uh, you would, like, like Viet is like sort of like everybody's spirit animal. <laughs> like he's just got this like he's got this insane ability to, <laughs> to like connect with everybody in some form or another, right? Like, I think he might be responsible for me like doing that like pre jujitsu workout for a while. Like uh, you know, like uh, well, I was. He's responsible anyway. for the kettlebells. No, 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 I. <laughs> Pavel is responsible for the kettlebells, who was actually just recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know if you heard really? that. Really? Yeah, Pavel. Um, so, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I'll have to, I want to talk about it a little bit next time we're on, but like, I spent like four hours with Steve Maxwell. Yeah. The other day, that was super cool. Um, kind of a weird sort of roundabout hero of mine, I guess. And I'm feeling it a lot more now. I'd have to, I'm curious as to your like training modalities when it comes to like things off the mat, when it comes to like jujitsu or excuse me, like weightlifting and like strength and conditioning. Because like, I think in my, I've now, I'm 37. I've been lifting weights since I was like 15, you know, like that's a lot of years of just like experimenting with a lot of things. Um, Steve Maxwell is a big part of that, especially when it comes to kettlebells. He's, and he swears off them now. He swore off them. It broke my heart. So like he's he's into like time uh, static contractions, which is like if you are into that, it's like old school isometrics. Um, so like like pushing your fists into one another, like pushing. I mean, your like palms a little bit the- more involved than that, okay. but yeah, like moving, trying to contract against an immovable object, essentially. So like, I'm curious as to your ideas of strength and conditioning. Um, because like I think right now we're not at quite a renaissance of strength and conditioning, but I think there's a lot of information out there. Oh, I think in the last five years we've learned a lot and we're realizing that traditional training methods were leading to, at the very least, a bunch of injured athletes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. A lot like, of non-contact injuries. You know, I think if you look at the NFL, I think the NFL is slowly evolving a little bit. You have yeah. all the plethora of non-contact ACL injuries that are happening or really? were happening in the past. Is it because, and, because and that's the thing, training. right? Like, you know, I, I remember watching a seminar from Mike Boyle, who's um, a, uh, a strength and conditioning coach up in Boston. And his, his rule number one for all people who are interested in becoming uh, strength and conditioning coaches is not, rule number one should be similar to the Hippocratic Oath of do no harm. Like training injuries don't, should never occur in the training room. Well, I think I think we redline way too much. I think it goes to what we've seen with what I was talking about at the very beginning, which is beating the we're beating the fuck out of each other's and free yes. sparring and going too hard. And and even if you're going two or three times a week, it I don't think is sustainable. But especially for the people that are training more regularly, to me, you're developing a skill. Weightlifting, I don't know the science behind it, so I don't want to get too much into that part of it. But certainly from an injury point of view. If, if you're having to hold back because of injury or soreness, that's a problem. So yes. I think the big thing is we look for, we are too aggressive in trying to get 
gains. So we look for too big of a delta in terms of our gains by going for too much overload in our workouts. But there as probably for is like more gradual. Deltas. It's like a risk and reward though, right? Like you probably in the short term will see a lot of benefit from training that hard. Obviously, but you're increasing your risk of injury. Because absolutely. What are you doing? You're micro tearing your muscles. You know. Yeah, they, or, or as Steve and, and Drew Bay put it, um, shout out to Drew Bay. I'm his new little jujitsu experiment. Um, he uh, he's he's a, originally a super slow advocate, and now has converted to st- time static contractions. I actually just purchased his book, um, you know, and he and I are kind of like in correspondence now. I'm gonna try, you know, coming the new year. I, I've found myself getting caught up more with dad duties. I'm going to the idea behind like super slow or high intensity training is like, it should be very concise, which allows you more time to focus on your skill development in whatever endeavor you're looking for. So that's something I'm looking forward to trying to do. Um, so you have some new year's resolutions. I do. I, you know, it's funny is like, the longest year, I'm, I've always been anti that guy. I think I, I was always afforded the luxury of like, I had all the resources in the world, time being the most evident. That's at a premium now. So I have to be more like budgetary about what I choose to do and when. And despite my efforts over the past three years, I've, I've let, I've, I've tried to keep up with jujitsu because that's obviously the most passionate thing I'm about right now. I, the the one thing I've cut is actually strength and conditioning. I try to get a couple deadlift workouts in a week, you know, maybe twice. I'm I like four. I felt the strongest and best conditioned at four, but I've da- let it down to like two, may, mo- probably more than one. So I'm gonna try to experiment with a super slow slash hit. So um, with the blessing of Steve Maxwell, he said, "Man." turn the volume down, lay off the kettlebells. I'm going to see what, what's going to happen with that. Wow. Well, I, I definitely have noticed for the first time a slight improvement in my roles because I think I've been lifting a little bit. And that just having that little, you know, that initial plateau, that initial burst you get from lifting. If you haven't lifted for a while, then you lift. You right. like, there's a... Did you do a massive, like consciously a, a deload? I did deload lifting. this week. Okay. This week I was, I, I needed to deload. So I, I, I was just kind of going through the motions because I needed to rest. But I definitely noticed it's just the little workouts that I've done strength wise, which has been really more strategic than anything. Although I do. Is it your Nick Paul? Kind of that Nick Paul workout? stuff. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much that has just helped with just how I feel with roles, especially with the bigger guys. I mean, for injury prevention above all, right? Injury prevention to me comes from the specific work as I do for specific body parts along with my yoga slash stretching routine. That to me is the the prevention. The prehab, you might say. So it definitely helps. I still believe that if I went harder with that, I would probably, it'd probably be detrimental to my jujitsu because my body would be too broken down from working out hard. But I do think being a little stronger will go a long way oh, with, I mean, with other stuff. But, I mean, hey, man, like I said at the beginning, Gordon Ryan couldn't pass Mikey's guard. That and Mikey's strike. 100 pounds lighter than him, right? Like, yeah. So there's something to that. I mean, he's just a little egg, so too. So what are you – because I'm going to be skiing next weekend. 
So I don't know when we're going to, we might record on Tuesday. We'll, we'll get times into record. But what are you looking forward to going into 2020? 2020. Jiu-jitsu um, wise. Jiu-jitsu wise. Um, I am looking to improve my top game. Okay. There are two things that I'm looking to do because like everybody sort of knows me as the butt scooter, right? Like, you know, Paul was like cracking jokes to the children's class about like the forward vertical shrimp is like the Chris Vu. Like, which you're famous. That's good. I, yeah. Or infamous. Um, so I'm going to work on my top game. I'm going to implement a little bit more. Uh, my passing style used to be, or not used to be, is very sort of like old school off the knees pressure based. Um, I'm going to try to investigate the curriculum of SBG a little bit more where it's a little bit more, um, gravity based and I'll, I'll expand upon that as I, as I play with it. Um, and I'm going to work my butterfly sweep more to, I'm going to try to chain my butterfly sweep to Lebo guard a little bit more because I think I have a good opportunity over there. Those are my goals for 2020 and to, to improve my strength and conditioning to get back to my solid 175. Not my jiggly 185. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with dad bod. It's just I I feel I I just remember back to the feeling of when I was the quickest and the um quickest and strongest with bests like my perfect balance of strength, endurance, and and uh, and everything. So. So those are my sort of like three training goals for 2020. And you're still going to be teaching Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m.? Oh, oh. So beyond like the logistic part of it, um, administrative, Tuesday, Thursday, 6 a.m. That's still the goal. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm sort of co-teaching with Kali, you know, new fellow black belt as well. And Tommy. And Tommy. Welcome back, Tommy. That was super cool. Um, you know, like I'm sort of like a detail freak. Tommy trumps me in every way when it comes to details. In theory, the morning classes could be the classes where you get the most black belts consistently. Yeah, exactly. If you want to train here, come at 6 a.m. and you'll have three black belts. You'll have three black belts of vastly different strengths. So like it's a, it's a good opportunity. Um, and still my Tuesday evening for two for two Tuesday jujitsu and Saturday mornings where I'll, you know, teach morning class every other week, you know, when Bobby's not here. So that's, those are, those are, the goal still. What are yours? What are you? What are you looking forward to doing? Come on, let's let's lay some BJJ Globetrotter Noah millennial stuff on me. I I think I'm. Uh, I think I've been. I've been in a pretty good zone. Just staying. Just stay motivated with stuff. I've been training a lot, and physically, I've been able to keep that workload so okay i can't recall in the last three weeks a time where i've taken a day off like i've been training almost every day now you're pohada-ing so much going i've been going every day and i think building a rest day man the rest days just come with with holidays and all that other stuff don't allow it to be happenstance though i guess follow the dan john model of Every, your workout on Sunday is to meal prep. Okay. You know, make <laughs> but it. But Sunday morning is such a good class. It is that's a good the class. Thing, so like all these days are day. good classes. That's the thing. So maybe it'll be just a random like Wednesday. Wednesday <laughs> is your, just, you know, <laughs> may, build it in like that. Your rest is your workout that day. Maybe just come and take notes, right? Yeah. So I've been, 
help build. I've been team very blessed that I've been able to physically uh, handle the the workload of training and handling going with people that might not want to just flow on a particular day if Ooh. I'm not feeling it, you know. So that that's I've been lucky that way, and I'm also lucky that I have certain training partners that present unique problems that I have yet to solve. So I get to to roll with those guys and gals and and figure out how to kind of defeat that that those scenarios. I'm not going to as much as it would be nice to just go into like I want to get a belt by a certain time. I, that's that's outside my control. I just want to keep just keep improving. I think I've done a, a fair amount in two years, and it'd be pretty cool to see where I am two years from now. So that's really, I mean, the good thing is I'm when I'm rolling, I'm continuing to face new obstacles, and, and I'm getting funneled into areas, so now I can work on those things. So I've been very lucky. I, I don't getting know. Getting funneled to, into or funneling or both? I don't, know if, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's my opponents. I don't know if it's both. I can't. I haven't figured that part out, but I've been very lucky that it seems like my roles tend to go a certain way uh, all the way through. Like I've said this before, when I was a white belt, I was always in side control. And then I got to ask, okay, how do I get out of side control? So then I got a one side control and I got put into another situation. How do I get out of that? So I was able to ask questions about these scenarios I was getting myself into. Now, when I'm going with upper belts and higher level people, I still experience that to a degree. So I get to work on those areas. And then with people of equal skill or lesser skill, I'm getting to expand my offensive options. I've been really enjoying being on people's backs and working, uh, working the that King's stuff. game. Yeah. Just working, you know, getting on people's backs, working, getting better at grips, understanding that in Gi, you've got, lapels and you actually want that's the thing i I, i've i don't want to be a guy that grapples in the gi but it's nice to have techniques to translate between no gi and gi but there's no doubt that when i go with paul he does not grapple in the gi and when he takes my back he's immediately on my lapels and it does eliminate things that Hmm. if he was attacking my neck i actually have more wiggle room i find in a gi or without a gi if we're if we're in a nogi setting, I would say I have more wiggle room actually. Okay. So yeah, getting those grips on on in back mount. Oh, it's open up so much. It's fucking ridiculous. And now suddenly, you roll into chokes, and it's it's weird. So, just um, just trying to learn as much as I can, as quickly as I can, and assimilating it. Have fun. Trust the process. Believing in the process is a big thing. I think that's a, I don't know if that's necessarily a new thing philosophically to many things or whether I've just finally accepted that I just need to put trust in the process and overall it pays off. Um, But like, I remember listening to a podcast that Faraz Zahabi did and he talked about like people's, they worry so much about like the ends and not so much the, um, 
like the idea of like weight loss, right? Like people come in, they join jujitsu and they want to like, I want to lose weight and they don't believe in the process. Like, because they always have just that in mind and they're not losing the weight versus focusing on like the actual training, right? Because that's what's going to make you lose the weight at the end of the day. And trusting that process, I think, is a big thing that most people tend to just overlook overall or, or under, underestimate just and the process. And also enjoying the process. Like, like I want to get better as quickly as I can, but I've had moments where I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, okay, let's say suddenly I get a black belt. Am I going to be miserable after that? Am I, you know, like, you, you know what I mean? No. Like, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say I did everything in my power to get my black belt as quickly as I could. Sure. And I'm like, is life over at that point? You know what I mean? It's like, and this kind of goes into me and my personality. And I've, now I'm, now I'm pretty like fucking bruise have, have hit me at this point. So I'm getting very philosophical. But what, what's great about jujitsu for me in a way is, it's a constant, like, I want to get better at jujitsu, and it's a day-to-day goal that I can, go- when I go to sleep at night, I can be thinking about how do I get better at jujitsu. Right. If I don't it's have that, gonna, I start thinking about yeah. shit that's that's not as positive. It's never going to end, though, you know? right? Like, because, like, my buddy, Aunt, uh, Alan, who was on recently, and I, we were discussing the other day, like, and he was comparing it to music, right? Like, he was having a conversation comparing martial arts training to music, and and he and I were sort of like speaking offhand the idea of like artistry versus technique. And like, he's like, you know, this guy wants to be the black belt in music. And I asked him like, all right, so like what, first off, what's the objective measure in music? I don't know. Like how well you perform a song or whatever the case is. Right. Um, the objective measure in jujitsu is can you tap a person ultimately? Right. Can you control a person and tap them? Right. And there are many, sort of like mini objective measures within the overall meta of that. Whereas like, what is it in music? And that's, it's too much left to the interpretation because maybe that leans a little bit more on art and not true things, not, 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 excuse me, objective things. And he had said, you know, that guy's objective measures how fast he can play a song, which I'm like, I'm not really sure that that's, that makes you a better musician. Does it? Because if you can play a song super fast and it's technical, like that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good musician. To me, at least, that means you suck as a musician. Because isn't a big part of music creating enjoyable things that evoke emotion? Well, you're talking about composing to a degree, I think, as well. Right? Isn't composing a part of being? Oh, a musician, absolutely. Right? I, I just the thing, and it's a natural part of jujitsu. The, the thing to about compose. the thing about jujitsu, and we, it's funny because we talk about the belts. And we and we, we we are kind of of the opinion that the belts don't matter. Ish. Ish. <laughs> and Paul even touched but about this. Paul on said the, that right? the like, belts do matter. They do matter. Because right? like they, it they, gives you something to work towards. Yeah, Otherwise and you would the just thing be is when, when you get a black belt, by rule, you get your stripes at that point by time put in. Right. Because you've already where put it's merit based up until black belt. To a degree. To to agree. It's merit based. You could argue. You could you could at least convince yourself in your head as a student working your way to black belt that it's merit based. Once you have a black belt, you know it's not merit. Merit is in as long as you're on the mats, 
then and you're going to get your like, I think though you're get your the degrees. ideal is that by that point, after let's say 10 years, 15 in my case, you know, like it's weeded out the people who are past the point of I'm doing this for myself. You know, like they understand the true value of martial arts and jujitsu. And at that point, people really want to give back. Right. Because like at that point, you not that you've achieved everything you can in jujitsu, but like you should be for working to the best of your ability to further the art, not yourself. But the thing is, is Paul now using Paul as an example, just because it's someone we know is a black belt of a black belt. Right. Meaning, let me, let me, cause that came out bad. He got his black belt. He's been a black belt longer than he was a colored belt or a white belt. So his journey from white to black is less than his journey from black to right now. Okay. He's been a black right, belt right. Yes, longer. Yes. He has continued to continue to climb. He didn't reach the top of a mountain. He's continuing to climb. Oh, yeah. And he's still, yeah, absolutely. He's and still he's a far better grappler yeah. and coach than he was when he first got his black belt. So for me, looking at things, you're always going to have to get better at stuff. And it's just, it's weird. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but that fucking black belt does have some meat. Oh, I'm a black belt. That's why fucking karate people. I'm a black belt in karate. It sounds, you know? cool, man. It sounds like, fucking cool. But, but, it, at, but the it the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah, but, but I guess my point is, is you were saying, it becomes more when you're a black belt because now you're about giving back. I would argue that, sure, Paul's given back, but he's also grown leaps and bounds as a grappler. And if you were to throw him into a grappling tournament, he would do far better now than he would when he first got his black belt. True. It's not that he suddenly, it, it didn't suddenly, he didn't get a black belt and suddenly said, it's not about me anymore. No, no, no. But but, but he had the maturity emotionally at that point to also understand that by him devoting his energies to furthering the art, it's only furthering himself, right? Like it's there. That's where that self-perfection comes in, right? Like, isn't that a part of it too? Like, shouldn't we all seek to, cause it's, they're not independent of one another, right? Like they're, they're interdependent. Like for him to become a better martial artist, he should be trying to further the art and to develop new things, which only in turn contribute to him and his students. So, I mean, like, I mean, I know it's a cyclical answer, but, or a cyclical argument, but like, that's just, that's the, the motivations are changed, but the results don't necessarily. Right. Right. Yeah. Like he's, he is a, a better grappler. So I mean, you're making it sound like once you hit black belt, you've now transcended like Buddha. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you've written it now. <laughs> no, but it's cool. I mean, like it's, I, I hmm. that's something I have to to kind of kick around the idea of. Um, like, am I'm all this time I've been talking about just how much I love jujitsu. Have I been selfish up until one week ago today? You know, like we just kind of had a brief discussion. I mean, I think it. selfishness is not bad. People's people. Wow, calm associated. down there, Ayn Rand. People, Jesus. <laughs> Is there are there Atlas, virtues of selfishness there? Atlas shrugged, baby. <laughs> like, oh, I've never, I've never read Atlas shrugged. <laughs> so, no, I think I think egoism or being an egoist is not in and of itself a negative thing. 
I think it's just if the, if these it's, if these behaviors are are going to be harmful to your neighbor, then that's bad. That, yeah, agreed. Okay. But I think the person that is very generous is not doing it because they're selfless per se. They're doing it because at some level, because you would they be homeless, enjoy, right? Like they enjoy be. giving. Yeah. Like they get off at some level on, on being generous. So they're actually being self-serving. That's what I think really is going on. I don't think Mother Teresa was doing all the stuff she did because she was sacrificing her happiness. She was actually getting true happiness from being generous. And that, isn't, that, isn't that like the ideal of human nature? Like that's what we should all seek to do, right? Exactly. Right, like we 100%. All, I mean, ultimately we should all seek to be happy. Correct. But like not at the expense of others, right? Like Correct. It's, it's sad that there could be people that get happy at the expense of other people's happiness, health, financial well-being, whatever. Is that also a scarcity versus like prosperity mindset? I, don't know. I feel too? like I feel like John should be in on this conversation. <laughs> you know, Where are you, Rumsey? <laughs> is that a big part of it too? Right, like the scarcity versus like because there is there is you know like because it's also sort of interdependent on the approach and philosophy of life of the person of your training partners just from a sort of like micro standpoint, like you're beating people, but like they have to approach the mindset of like they're learning over the cases or they're beating you and you have to approach it from the mindset of I'm learning from each one. Um, but I actually, uh, it's, I have to get going in a minute, but, um, yeah. So final question to, to ponder as we, as we ramble as we out, drift. Cause, cause yeah, because people, if you've stuck with us this long, God bless you guys. You guys are amazing. And gals. Thank Do you. Do you think jujitsu is quasi religious? Ooh, you know, Brian McKenzie and I have discussed that quite a bit is the I put idea the quasi that, just to be safe. Like, you know, we, we talk about like cults and stuff. And like, I know there are very many Eastern martial arts who have been accused of and, not even accused of, but actually sort of like found guilty of being cults, right? Um, we can discuss that on the next one. Yeah, it's I would like to fun. know, how do, you, how do you establish? You I did not establish You them. are officially a cult, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, but I mean, like there are certain like methods of identifying a cult. And of course, like it's sort of like a messiah astrology figure. yeah hero right. worship are your we favorite getting word. there i mean like and that's the thing right so we need to we'll, we'll need to discuss that next time but our oh, that's right we're gonna put a picture of you and a black ball on that wall and then we can maybe bow to it or yeah something. and actually every time i expect a kneel like sort of like when you're getting in <laughs> like when you're uh what do they do uh, it's been a while since i've been a catholic but like before you get into the pew you like that kneel. doesn't mean you're a worse catholic than the pope he just, i just didn't do it no longer bro like <laughs> hey man he's just a black belt i mean he's like nine degrees in i'm like i've got my first right i was confirmed um so, like you kneel before you get into the pew um, yeah, I guess that's, that's weird. Like that, that's going to be really bizarre to me. To be honest. What's your, what's your Christmas schedule like? Cause next weekend I will be skiing, going on a ski trip. So I will be unable to record. Um, on I Saturday. will be of my regular schedule aside from Christmas day. Okay. So I mean, hell I'll sit here and I'll, I'll, I'll record on my phone. I've got my new LG G eight X. Maybe it's got good, uh, for phone recording abilities or, but you know what I've, I've thought about doing is like, 
as I'm sitting there just driving, just haphazardly you just as go I do. train of stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness. Like I've seen a lot of folks do, but so um, how did it feel? Last question. Yeah. I promise audience. I, I yeah. yeah we're we're almost done here. Yeah. What, Cause we're probably two hours plus oh, now at easily. this point. What did it feel like being next to Paul bowing people in as a black belt, as opposed to facing Paul as a brown? It's belt? a little weird. Um, because of that, that as much as I try to decree hero worship, like he is, he's quite a bit of a hero to me, right? Like ever since the moment I saw him put on MMA gloves, wearing his little weenie wrap rival blue shorts that he got in the WEF <laughs> years ago, you know, like he's always been this like badass, cool, like I strive to be that, you know, watching him literally on DVDs, um, in pride. His and, frosted tips. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was so backstreet, um, but like it, it, uh, it was cool. Like it, it's, it still is a w- bit weird to me, just because like I don't, you know, I mean, it's just my nature is like I don't feel as though I'm better than anybody else, right? Like I've literally just been doing it longer. Um, to be facing them and expecting them to bow to me, and like, and I, I, you know, my thoughts on like moving out of the way on the mats and that sort of shit while you're grappling. Like, I was grappling with Mark, and he just sat there and stared at some blue belts today. I was like we can move too. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Like, so that's like weird to me still. I mean, like, I guess I've earned it in whatever way you want to say that it's cool. It's a little surreal. I don't like facing. I don't like facing the class to be honest, because like whatever sort of weird idiosyncrasies I have, um, you know, like a separate, like black belt line on the side where you should, yeah, you're you're in front of the brown belt. (laughs) You know, like I sit there and one of my things that I always tend to do and I realize I was doing it today is like whenever Paul says like, hey, everybody, you know, take a break or whatever it is, like I generally don't get a drink in the class. I just go lean against the wall and just squat down and lean against the wall. Like I was doing that today while Paul was like. I know that's why these beers hit me pretty well because I didn't drink any water. My my water jug is still entirely is really? full, yeah. But um, so like that's, I, I realized like, and it took me a while to realize this too, actually thinking back to when I was a, like a, a purple belt and an early level brown belt. If somebody said to me along the lines of like, you don't realize it, but people in a weird sense of the way, like look up to you, you know, um, I had a pretty lengthy conversation with Adonis the other day about this. And he, you know, it's, it's odd to me because like, we're like the same age and he was, he kind of says something along the lines of like, I want to see you get your blue or your black belt, excuse me. Um, because like, you know, like that's cool to me because of that sort of, you know, like I've been here along the for your journey and that sort of thing. And like for people to sort of like not admire, but at least like acknowledge that sort of stuff is odd to me because like I barely have a, I don't acknowledge it myself. So like today I embraced it a little bit we discussed that a little bit earlier, but you know, like I really believed in my jujitsu a little bit more and I had a little bit of fun with it. So, yeah, I think, I think this is I think this is something that we can go into a lot de- uh, a lot of deeper depth in uh in a in a future podcast but definitely it was definitely cool seeing you up there. Cool, thank you. I'll say I, that. And and for that and we'll close this out real real quick. Shout out to Frankie Granera Jr., the VP of General Insulation Company for actually listening to our first podcast <laughs> and shooting me like a dissertation about our thoughts about that. <laughs> 
Um, it was awesome because I would love to, to meet you on the mats at some point too. I love jujitsu. I believe in it. Um, shout out to Alan for listening to all of our podcasts on shout your Stacy for becoming a new listener, a new listener. Shout out to Sahibi. John. Yeah. Sahibi, John Estrada, purple belt under Jason Patino, also a, uh, Paul Rodriguez black belt. Thank you for listening to our stuff. Um, we'd all, we'd love to have you all on the show too. Like, that's the thing. Like it's, it's VJJ and Bruce is about the community that we develop in jujitsu and the love we share for one another and sharing each other's stories. So, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of times because everyone's busy and everyone has lives, a lot of times it's just me and Chris doing these conversations, which I enjoy, but definitely when you have people that you train with. And so in some cases, people I've never trained with, but other people on to share their views and they're not 10-time world IBJJF champions. They're people that are white belts, blue belts, purple belts, brown belts. It actually is a better representation of what anyone's going to experience day-to-day in a gym. And I think everyone's story is unique. I'm addicted to hearing everyone's stories. And I appreciate... I mean, we're, we've been doing this for 11 episodes, man. And it started as kind of 20 is like the magic number. It started like it's kind of a chicken bet between the two of us. Like, well, we should record it. Well, okay, I'll bring my stuff in. And okay, we'll see. So it's been fun. And here's to having 10 more and yeah. 10 more after that. So we will sign off. Do you want to say anything stupid? Um, well, <laughs> I tend to do that a lot. Uh, but. If we don't catch one before Christmas, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. I think holidays. we'll get one in, but yeah, Merry Christmas. I think Christmas. so, too. Um, well, happy holidays. Happy holidays. We got to be... <laughs> I mean, like, what's wrong with Happy sharing? Kwanzaa and Hanukkah, too. Yeah, it's just happy holidays. Fair enough. I mean, like, what's... And Merry Christmas. I, I, I wouldn't be offended if somebody wished me a happy Kwanzaa or or Hanukkah or whatnot. So, Dude, uh, we're in Florida. It, it, it's like the state... Like, exactly. up north. When I grew up in the northeast, you put up your lights. It's like a big deal. It's kind of miserable. <laughs> You know, you're looking forward. Down here, it's good weather. Yeah, we're, like, we're literally wearing shorts and flip-flops I know, right now. life's good. All um, right, man, we will shut this down. Hey, yo, see you tonight.